Hi, I'm Peachy. Hello, I'm Patrick. Hi, I'm Jeff. And with us today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, my twin, James Hewitt. Hello. <laughs> Balancing out the hairdos today. That's what we did. It's why I'm wearing the glasses. <laughs> yeah, because Jeff's not wearing I'm glasses. I'm not. I've, I've, I've took mine off today. Oh, we'll be really awkward on Guess Who, won't we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this will be like next level Someone guess needs who. to, like, gamer Guess Who. And it's just <laughs> difficult, you know? It's really hard. Which of the three builds does he have? <laughs> so we thought we'd get you on the show and talk about you. Well, your experiences, your probably a bit of workshop because we worked together for a time we as did. well. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah, I was thinking the other night we back um, in the day, back in the day. You, most of my favourite games in workshop you've made. Oh, it's true. It is true. a lovely thing to hear. It is. Isn't it? They're all good, good, solid games. So because uh, I, I, I had a theory which ones it were, and I was just like, it's definitely Silver Tower, definitely yeah. Gorges, and best game. Um, and then I was like. I I think he did some one of the Horace Heresy box sets, but I can't remember because there's Betrayal of Calf and Burn and a Prospero. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of others. I didn't know you did Blood Bowl or Necromunda. Didn't really yeah, Necromunda. Titanicus was the big oh, one. Titanicus, of course, um, yeah. And it was, yeah, Betrayal of Calf. Betrayal of Calf. So, yeah, that was the first game I did. And that was my first TV um, yes, it visuals because yes, I did a was. game you with Amy. Amy. Yeah. With Phil running it. Yes, Phil was running it. Yeah. I didn't get asked to. No. Phil had never played it. Oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> Who knows? But so he, did a, he did a great job. He did. I like yeah, Phil. yeah. Oh, Phil, Phil, Phil good. He's got lots of good words. Yeah. Thinks of all the big words. So let's talk about you, James Hewitt. I where did your did hobby journey begin? My hobby journey. Where did my hobby journey begin? Uh, so, as I mean, this is true of a lot of people of a certain age, it was Hero Quest. Mm. Let's face it. I think yeah. a lot of people will say this. It was. So I was about five or six. I think it was. My dad got it for me for my birthday nice. and I was an only child didn't have many friends who were into geeky stuff I was in a little tiny village in Norfolk my dad had no interest in playing it with me so I just spent the next few years just solo just picking through it and <laughs> you know badly painting barbarians with poster paint and all that sort of stuff and you lost every game which was I, I, what are the chances <laughs> I mean <laughs> and I've continued that run of luck to this day well, that's um, a story later on about one of James's games but we'll get to that <laughs> oh nice oh, oh, exciting <laughs> saucy um, so yes yeah, so I hear a quest got into like, space Crusade because that came out as well. I mean, oh, great course, TV yeah, adverts yeah. of both. So yeah, yeah. got to do it. Never did Battle Masters. Did you? Did yes, you I, Masters? I I wanted to get Battle Masters because you could get it from Argos. It was in the Argos right. catalogue and asked it for Christmas, but then they just couldn't get it. The yeah. laminated book of dreams. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it had a tower in the, <laughs> the centre. Tears of joy. It? Was it like regiments on movement trays and then like it was, a tower? It was in like Bretonian. Yeah. Well, they weren't Bretonians. Well, they were Empire Knights, Empire versus Orcs, and you had like big hexes with unit bases. Uh, That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were awesome, but I never saw it until I was randomly on a French exchange with school and the guy who was my exchange partner had the French version it was called like Le Seigneur de Guerre or something <laughs> that's my perfect French accent um, and, and I was like how have I never heard of this because yeah. it was it was awesome but it was huge like the, the, the gaming there because it was like a hex grid walk yeah, yeah yeah I remember it I never had it but I do remember it it was flipping massive and um, but I never had that but I, I then once I'd got into school a mate brought in a White Dwarf magazine one day and I was like, I recognise those from Space Crusade. They're Space uh, Marines. Yes, yeah, and then, yeah, the lifelong addiction began. Yeah. The, only, the only problem with uh, White Dwarf magazines as a kid is unlike... Um, softcore pornography you can't find it in, in railway sidings and bushes you have to literally go and buy it <laughs> yeah it's true yeah. the Big weird thing is people get pornography and they have the white dwarf in the middle, in the middle of it <laughs> yeah. 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 during those I'll, days I'll tell you a quick quick anecdote I have uh, a customer a really nice guy who watches occasionally a guy called Craig and Craig plays he is the token one of the couple of token straight men on a football team that is for gay guys 
and um, but because of diversity, they have, have to have a couple of straights on, you know. And one of the guys that he is friends with, who who is who's gay, is serving in the army, and he said it was. He said I came out as being gay in the army, and he said, and I didn't feel. It was a problem to do so. He said, but I have kept being a Warhammer player to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so he came out the closet in the army for, for being to, as a soldier, which is a big, big deal. Yeah. yeah. And stayed, but in, let's the keep the gaming yeah. stayed in the closet as a Warhammer well, the, player. The um, There was some news recently. The most southernly played Warhammer game oh, was yes, yeah. um, two chaps in the Navy playing yeah, in Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah. And the Royal Navy put it out on Facebook. The yes. Royal Navy Facebook page mentioned Warhammer. I was yeah. like, oh, we've, yeah. we've turned a corner, haven't we, yeah. as, as yeah. a hobby? Yeah. Like, oh, there's that, there's that famous Superman guy. He, he likes that. Let's, <laughs> let's do a yeah. post. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see um, uh, David Harbour was painting... Um, uh, Black Templars. The other Black day. Templars, yes. No. So exciting. he is um, in Stranger Things. He's the the cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that we all like Hopper. Oh yeah. yes, of course. Hopper. Yes, yeah. 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 There's, um, there's a signed copy of the Hellboy board game in Mantic because he was Hellboy in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. saw them at a convention. Yeah. And I think he's got a copy of the game and he signed a copy that's now in the oh, office. There. That's oh, that's brilliant. Which is awesome. Somebody was mean about him. Someone put it up and he went, "Real friends don't let friends play uh, paint games workshop." <gasps> and I went. Oh, so do you know him? And he went, no. And I said, well, we'll leave him to it then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> You're not a real friend. Stupid yeah. comments. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Honestly, but it's, it's, it's interesting, like watching the stigma like Go. degrade. Yeah, oh, yeah. Years, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, when yeah. I think, like when I was at school. There were three or four of us. It was like a little secret society, you know. You'd go Chess was accepted. Wink. Chess was fine. Chess club was fine. You didn't get exactly. your head flushed down the toilet. Oh, Chess you club. never went to my school, then. <laughs> <laughs> but like now, you see, like you know, with all the schools leagues, I love it. Oh, I mean, yeah, when I was yeah. in the shops, so I worked in Games Workshop retail stores for about ten years. Similar time that you did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was when the school stuff was really coming up, and I loved it because we had like school groups had come in, and I was like, I wish I'd had this. When I was, oh god, I was yeah, yeah. But it has been. We we are if we put ourselves under the general term of being geeks if we yeah. go that way we're taken over aren't we mm. because at one point in time you had a comic you had you, you sat and you read a comic you were sniggered at you know what i mean because you were yeah. reading that and as i said as opposed to reading shoot or one of the other football related ones because coming from merseyside obviously football's massive but then you just got to the point that obviously when marvel started to gain yeah. and, and next thing you know you've got the the you know the the normalist of men saying to me you know but you read comics so why does he why is he that? Why is that happened? Well, what will happen in the next film? With you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah, you realize, you know, know yeah. when it comes to the fact that franchises are now very much tapping into the geek universe, we're, we're slowly taking over, aren't it's we? It's yeah. normalizing, which is, absolutely, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great. You know, good. So, yeah. geek shall inherit the earth. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. geek shall inherit. Yeah, oh, I like that. <laughs> Just the the meek geeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The meekest geek will inherit the most. Clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you worked in retail. I did. Yeah. Talk about that. So um, it's like it's where you get the, like a building and you put stuff in it and you sell stuff. Oh, for money. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> no, I, I never. I, I just gave it away. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't realise you had to sell it. Oh, that's, that's why that's, I never hit Target. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why I worked in. Um, it's like one of my first jobs. I worked in Games Workshop Maidstone oh, uh, many okay. moons ago, um, and. I'd been there as a kid loads of times I'd, and weirdly it was the same manager Gary who's still there now he was there when I was a kid he was there he gave me a job he's still there now I'm pretty sure was Mainstone Gary was built around him mobile. flat top yes. haircut yes yeah 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 Rockabilly yeah. Gary yeah uh, Psychobilly Gary he'll he'll be upset if I say Rockabilly okay yeah yeah don't, um, don't upset him. no but he um, <laughs> like, he gave me a job and I, I went in and I loved it. I was there part-time at first and then kind of went into full-time stuff when I dropped out of university. It's the cool career route, you know. Um, and then ended up uh, bouncing around. I did a load of shops in the southeast. Yeah. Uh, Reading, Maidenhead, Oxford, Swindon. 
uh, ended up running GW Windsor mm. and then into London with Kensington and then all left. the fancy places all the ones yeah, yeah. like everywhere all, I went all the, the ones where a royal might pop exactly. in exactly <laughs> all the customers were way more like, affluent than I was it was it was brilliant they, they, they saw me as the charming like cockney ch- chimney sweep sort you know let's go and give that poor boy some money <laughs> yeah. today yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we literally in, in, in the store in Kensington it's gone it's, the whole place has been bulldozed now mm. um, but they it was right by where all like, the ambassadors live and you'd get these oh. kids coming in like with their nanny and their 50 quid pocket money for the day and just oh, buy a battle force thank you very much I don't know what that would get you these days but this is like <laughs> 2009 no um, <laughs> one box of space marines <laughs> yeah but like you used to do all sorts of stuff with that it was, it was great fun I really enjoyed it but like one of the things I really loved especially when I was in Reading where we had mm. like a big remember the old battle bunker stores yes big, yeah, yeah, big yeah, yeah, yeah. Room at the back. I used to run loads of like custom campaigns and this sort of thing and so it really got me into coming up with new rules for yeah. stuff and I'd always yeah. been like a, a tinkerer with games I mean from a, as a little kid Hero Quest mm. there were bits I didn't understand so I just made up my own rules for it I've, I've found like sheaves of paper with my like scrawly handwriting with new rules for stuff so it was always there I think and I then mean, my, mine was pretty lame mine was Four plus. <laughs> Peach Hammer. I do that now with Charlie, my lad. Uh, it's just like, yeah, roll the dice. I think that's fine. I mean, my, my daughter's seven now, and we've been playing a bit of Warhammer Quest. Oh, the, yeah. the original one, because yeah. she was always curious about the box on the shelf. Yeah. Not the one and, you read, um, weirdly. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, because, yeah, you know, we'll get into that. Uh, but no, children, basically. Children are the harshest of critics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she really is. But, like, she loved it, and, and I was like, well, let's just do it and it is roll roll fours roll yeah, fours yeah, fours, yeah. fours is what you need and uh, and it comes back I think from intro games right yeah, in the shops yeah, when yeah. You, you're doing your first intro game for someone it doesn't matter what the numbers are just roll some dice and you'll get the, the joy of rolling a handful of dice and getting some sixes you know that's yeah. it um, and so yes from there I ended up bouncing around a bit worked for Mantic Games for mm. a while uh, did a bit of game design for them did some community management and then got a job in the GW studio, yeah. designing stuff there. Because I remember when you came in, um, kicked the door in, swaggered in. in. But I mean, it was a few people talked about it. I was just like, oh, this guy's you know really he's made lots of games. You know, we need like fresh fresh ideas and stuff. Because I think <laughs> the problem with Workshop at that time, I'm not saying it was like everyone was was doing it. Yeah. But they were so focused internally on their rule systems that not mm. many people play games externally or did much in the way of like different Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Whereas you like yeah. created lots of different things. You came with like different ideas and. I think well, that's that's notions. the big thing is like when I. Because I mean, I'd interviewed for that job so many times. Mm. I'd, I'd tried to go for it repeatedly. I, I mean, the closest I'd got was in like 2008, and it was this massively long recruitment process. So I, I think I'd applied in April, and it took till October to find out I hadn't got the job, and I was down to the last two. It was me and Robin Cruddis who ended up getting the job. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, of course, yeah. And I like in that time, my tenancy ran out. I was living on a mate's sofa. Oh like, God! Any day now, I might move to Nottingham. <laughs> who knows? Um, and uh, so I've been applying all this time. When I think when I came in the time when I got it. Because I've been working for Mantic and I'd worked on other games. Mm. It was like, oh, actually, here's, like you say, some experience in what makes a good game. Mm. I'm not just someone who knows GW stuff inside out because that's important. But you've got to have fresh yeah. ideas, right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, the thing I've run over the past few years, run some like game design courses. And what I always say to people is if you want to design games, just get out and play as much as you can. In the same mm. way, if you want to be a novelist, yeah. don't just go, I'm just going to read Stephen King novels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and read whatever you can. Study storytelling as an art. Well, I, I kind of got that in the army painting team as well because sometimes you'd get like, uh, uh, into historicals, World War II, yes. um, lots of variety of things, um, which helped to draw in colour schemes and like inspiration. Like, oh, that, yeah. those colours work really well. I'm going to try those and stuff. But you'd get your, your diehards going, that's poor hobby. 
that's poor hobby. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. I'm like, because I've, I, I like other things, and that's yeah. what got me into this yeah. hobby, was Absolutely. doing other things. So there is like some diehards, isn't there? It's just like, it has to be workshop it's 100%. It's like fundamentalist. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a religious schism. Someone needs to nail a, a proclamation to, to the door of games. I suppose between redemptionist and Cordor, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Although, the other day, I was in, I popped into Warhammer World, and they're now called Cordor Redemptionists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've got questions. I, 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 I can answer them. <laughs> There's one question, really. Why are they called Cordor Redemptionists? Because <laughs> there you go. Straight in there. That was well, easy. Well, was nice yeah. and easy. Uh, because they, they are part of House Cordor now. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. And what happens is if you build a gang yeah. of Cordor, you can go pious, which is more Cordor-related stuff. Oh, you can go zealot, oh, which is more cool. redemptionist. And depending if, if how, how much of your gang is zealot and how much is yeah. pious will influence if you're an outlaw or that's not that's really awesome so I like, like that a lot so if like you're Cordor you can toe the line yeah yeah so yeah. you start off as like we're law abiding Cordor oh five of our Jews just got picked off we're now zealots because it's only those five guys in charge <laughs> yeah. that's one little like Jew oh, going that's really awesome do as you tell me let's go burn the people <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot yeah. that's really so cool. it's, it, it's all part of like, the House of Faith book um, yeah. it's a really good read actually I, I've not painted my redemption silk but I'll, I need to get on I'm this. so far out of the loop I've, oh, I've, I've not seen any of the the, the house books yeah. for Necromunda and I'm, I mean I know there's now there's the Ashway stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. even the Corpse Grinders and that was like I've not caught up with that I'm so far behind yeah yeah there's a lot to, to, to get your head around what but... I need is, could someone do like a maybe like play a campaign film it like put it yeah, out yeah, on yeah, YouTube yeah. or something yeah. that'd be really th- handy I've heard there's three plucky guys out there who've got that sort of idea <laughs> well if you meet them let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll tune in yeah <laughs> well we're definitely working on it it's, we've played a couple we've got, we've got more on well Exciting. I say played a couple we've definitely done one haven't we we, we, fi- we filmed, we filmed one. one I will say I was watching your episode about the way you're going to do it I love the idea of the format of like you know filming a few doing it very narrative heavy because yeah, yeah. yeah. the game suits that yeah yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. I look forward to watching well because you did Necromunda the first new reboot of it, Necromunda 2016 I just go by dates because like people <laughs> yeah. were like when Blood Bowl came out people were like what edition is it I was like it's 2016 yeah it's probably a better way yeah. So, yeah 2016 Blood Bowl 2017 was Necromunda because I can work out pre-hair or post-hair at that exactly point. <laughs> that's exactly it yeah <laughs> I've got post-hair. I, I, I was, until recently I was still using the photo I had taken um, it was like for a Warhammer fest something a little headshot that yeah. got done um, I was very kind of given the photo and I was using it for my social media and that. I was like it's such a lie because I've got a full head of hair <laughs> yeah yeah you know like, I need to get rid of this I felt like I was catfishing people <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, obviously for any comments that get thrown in when I say pre-hair like when I had hair and when I didn't have hair in case goes, oh, so you, you don't have hair before you lived is that what you're saying well, oh, unbelievable but, oh, but yeah so I yeah, um, cool. so I worked on, the, on Necromunda that was the, the core game um, and that was I mean that was when the specialist games sorry specialist brands team was uh, it was very small it was me yeah. um, Andy was the boss Chris who was the sculptor and that, that was us and then I, I think at Necromunda a few people started coming in and doing little bits and pieces yeah. especially for the sculpting um but like now, from what I hear, it's huge. It's bigger than Forge World. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. A massive yeah. Team. Yeah. Um, so my mate uh, Steve works there at the moment, and he was on Necromunda for a time. And he's moved over to Horus Heresy, but yeah. I'm not sure if he's like he's, he's like torn because he, he was like, I want to do Old World, but I want to do Horus Heresy, but I also want to do Necromunda. But you, it's like a department now, so you have to pick which one you you, you kind of do. It's almost now. I don't I don't don't want to come on here and start saying contentious things, but it's almost oh, like, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Sidetracked. It's almost yeah. like <laughs> funneling creative people into one specific lane is a bad idea because they want to do things outside. Yeah. Of it. maybe yeah. that's I, I don't know maybe I'm crazy I, 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 no, I, I agree with that because when they turned the studio into 40k only and Age yeah. of Sigma only you had Age of Sigma army painters and 40k army painters it was really palette refreshing and really good for your um, creative ability to jump between different absolutely like, I completely do agree do a bit of this do a bit of that I, I couldn't have done it if, like, I, if I'd been in yeah. the rules team and I was, I was told all you can do is Age of Sigma battle tomes yeah. I'd have been pulling 
my beard out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like you need that gear change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. Like you go right. You I'm do doing it your this. hobby. So why? why yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, like you, no one goes. I'm just going to paint ultramarines for oh nick baton i'm gonna paint <laughs> ultramarines and nothing else my entire life he also doesn't ride as a rohan sorry nick um but yeah you know you're not just gonna say i'm gonna do one thing and nothing else you you want to jump around and try mm, different things right that's too. that's it so cool. why would you do it like as a as a job as well yeah so yeah. when bob was here something he chatted about afterwards was um he found some old like artwork of his like designing the sculptures yeah. and he dropped it off and he said he was chatting to someone in miniature design and they were like what would you do, Bob? And he was like, "Just let creatives be creatives." Yeah, because yeah. he said he yeah. said at the yeah. minute. In so it sounds like it's similar with game design. Sounds like it's similar with painting. Yeah, the miniature design. It's like, oh, that person does the best goblin yeah. hand. So yeah. he just has to design goblin hands, and that's what he does. <laughs> and then that person. does That's this. why they're proud to be a part of that team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, every, every, I know exactly what you're, what, what you're referring to. Oh, yeah. Every every time, every time I see that, I just giggle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We know what you're saying. Well, you did it. Because you can see, though, especially if you look at mm. um, Necromunda, there is people being allowed to really push, and uh, the ones for Necromunda and that little, I can never remember the plumber name of it, the, the hexagonal one set in Age of Sigmar. Oh, oh uh, Underworlds. Underworlds, yeah. Underworlds, yeah. yeah. Them guys seem to be yeah. allowed off the leash and are producing some absolutely amazing stuff, and then everyone else seems a little. It's very interesting, isn't bit... it? It's like it's very telling when because you can see when something has been made with like creative passion. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that was what the move when I moved from the main studio to the specialist brand studio, uh, which is part of Forge World. It felt like a very different thing. It felt like a creative studio because yeah. all the designers had like. I've heard this is all gone now because they had to shut, uh, squeeze more people in. Oh, they yeah, had like yeah. big areas of, like their own projects they're working on. Yeah, you know, there's one guy 3D printing a bolt gun at full scale. Yeah, there's yeah, one guy yeah. doing a lot of sketches of like ships and things. It's just like Games it's... Workshop 3D print stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a video on that. Hang is, on. <laughs> is Warhammer over? Yeah, <laughs> it's the future. Yeah, just um, to get that in there. But like, it feels like there's people are being given the ability to be creative. Mm. Do their own thing, and I think. It's a creative studio. Well, think, You've got to do it. I think an example of this is is that uh, I play, within Necromunda, I play um, the Dalak. Yeah. And in the book, the top of the Spire group, who, who, who obviously are in the same house as them, yeah. all look like um, fee- female, heavily cybernetic um, geishas yeah. and, Jap- and traditional Japanese women. I can't wait for them to come out because you know that the Necromunda team who are building yeah, them are going to produce something stunning. Yeah. But if someone said to you, um, there's three Space Marine releases on the way, you've got, almost before you've even seen them, you've got a good idea what you're getting, haven't you? Yeah, and yeah. I know that. I know the hot. I know you're going, you're going well, you, you're, you're doing Bizarre Gang versus Regimented mm. Men. But if someone said, right, Blood Angels will come out and this will happen, and, and your Blood Angels are going to come out and you go, right, that's going to be chest plates that yeah. will have mus- muscular this and this and that, yeah. and you go, and the weapons will probably be a bit this. You know, the only thing that sort of, I probably think curved balls was the um, the most mutant, <coughs> the most recent heavy weapons for the Space Marines, well, and that yeah, wasn't a pleasant curve ball. <laughs> but I think what's interesting is, like, looking at that, you think, like, as a sculptor, and I mean, I'm not a sculptor, I'm not this, but I think, mm. you know, in that 
regard you've got people who are being told you've got to make a thing that is new and different yeah. and it's got to be different from all the different spacemen have weapons done before it's got to be a thing that is going to be visibly different so it looks different and can't be converted into that because we don't want that anymore we want to yeah. sell the new kits um and you've got to make it look cool it's like well how on earth do yeah, you do yeah. that? and when you think they put so much work into like the silhouette of a model and to make it recognizably a space marine part of me was thinking about this after we did our video it reminds me a bit of the chaos dwarf hats <laughs> yeah do you know remember yeah. the story of the chaos dwarf hats so um at the time that um whoever i think it was brian ansell was just like um he saw them once and went make make the hats bigger so the guy was like make the hats bigger so yep. he sculpted them bigger yep. and he was like i've made them bigger he's like make them bigger he's like have you not seen them He's like, no, but I imagine you're not made them big enough to make them bigger. <laughs> so I imagine oh, something. I'll think of I know ones. this. <laughs> I've, I've seen this picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've like got these massive over the top heads. Yeah. And I just wonder sometimes if it was just not malicious compliance, but someone just went, mm. got to make the guns bigger. I've got to do this. All right, I'm just going to take that box and put well, these blooming well, yeah. rockets on there. Just going with what, what James said about, about having to try and make the weaponry for these, say, for these new heavy weapons, Primaris Marines. If I just push into it a little bit with regards to it, no, it sounds ridiculous to make a comparison, but you know, with me being a barber, someone said to me once when I was training, men will come in and tell you what they don't want, and you have to try and then mm. sculpt mm. the positive yeah, out yeah. of a series of things that they don't want to happen. And I think that's exactly yeah. the same where I think the poor sculptors are going, don't let it be this, don't let yeah. it be that, don't let it be the other, don't let it be this. Right now, make be creative, and you're going. But you've just given me nine yeah, negatives, yeah, yeah, and then expect I, a positive out of the end. Of I it. think and in some ways you probably it, get it, and you probably get it in your in your day to day work with regards to the, the probably brides going. Well, I don't want this, and I don't want that, and you've yeah. got to like try and find the positive out of it. It's yeah, easy. yeah. Like I had one recently. Um, I had some feedback on a film I delivered, and I got a shot. There was a, a nice photo of them laughing and smiling. And they said, and I and I got like a some video of that photo just to be like, oh look, I'm in the house and I'm filming preparations. Yeah. And I got the feedback was like, we don't like that photo. And I'm yeah. like, how was I we'd supposed like to, to know like that? Them, yeah. We'd like them. We'd like this this the the wedding day to represent how the marriage will be miserable as brother. Did <laughs> 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 you have one that was, you asked to remove the mother-in-law? A couple of times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like from the photo or like <laughs> what, what services do you provide? Yeah, no, job. With, with, with my next military training, I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, um, yeah. No. There's. I mean, weddings are uh, a complicated affairs. Like they're happy days, and people put aside their differences uh, for the happy day. But stuff happens afterwards, and this, that, and the other, yeah. and then, yeah. and then as as like. A creative and a and a documentarian, you know how it is. Um, <laughs> you, you, you're there trying to um, kind of like make an augmented version of reality, yeah. like how they want to remember the yeah, day. Yeah. And 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 somebody like somebody might be like, oh, we want loads of dance floor shots and loads of images of me like crying because we're all going to be super emotional. Nobody cried, nobody danced. And you'd be like, right, what do I do? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, always I it. I mean, anything like where we work for clients now, when I used to work for workshop and, you know, was told by a manager, you got to do this thing. It's like, it's in so much of any sort of job like that is, is interpreting what they actually want yeah. versus yeah. what they think they want. Yeah. yeah and like yeah. you say, they might yeah. say, oh, I don't yeah. want this. So they, yeah, they, they'll, they'll, yeah, say, yeah. they'll say, I want this. And they don't actually want that. They want something yeah. near that. They don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I just yeah. know yeah. in my, yeah. I've got to be honest, I was just in my head of you trying to work your way out of that. I've just setting the camera up on a, on, on a tripod and then you just dancing like a baby. Tears streaming down your face. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic in your eyes, dancing like a maniac. Yeah. Wheeling Professional. You, wheeling your jacket round your head on the yeah, dance floor. Yeah. There we go. That's that yep. two boxes ticked. Tick. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Deliver. I, I, I had a um 
I had a, D- a DJ once. It was um, it was during the the Euros when England, like oh. the, when the men's team got into the final. Yeah, they did. But yeah, they didn't they win, right so end, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the final, but it was like yeah. know, a couple of weeks before. And then during the first dance, the couple had like choreographed their own first dance, and oh. everyone was there filming it, and this, that, and the other. And the DJ, like, they hired the wrong guy for the, the gig, basically, because because they were still doing it, and he was like, "Oh, isn't it lovely?" And if you couldn't think the day could get any better, I've just heard it's two one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, wow, yeah, wow. When they hired him, he turns up in his when he hired him, he turns up in his England shirt. He probably yeah. should have known better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. bonkers. <laughs> Dear me. So, so post, game design. Game design, because you touched on that. So you, yes. know, you, moved, you moved away from Workshop. So yes. tell us about that, where you went, um, what you did. So I left Workshop in 2017. Uh-huh. I um, remember. Which was, yeah, I know, I know. I, I came, told everyone, yeah. you know, I was, uh, I, I think you, you broke down and wept, I think. was. Uh, yes, they weren't yeah. tears, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I... Um, <laughs> There we go. Yep. Stop it. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> oh, you, you didn't get the eye contact. That, that, that looks, uh, you, you flinched. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to stand up for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I left um, and set up a little studio called Needy Cat Games, mm. named after our Needy Cat. Um, and yeah, basically, I've been doing freelance game design work for other studios, and it's it's been really good fun. Hmm. It's been very hard work. Lockdown has been an interesting all yeah, from that, but... and the, the fallout from that has been. Inter- I've never been busier in my life, just trying to keep up with everything. Because um, so my partner Sophie came and worked with me, and um, we were just flat out. And then lockdown happened, and suddenly we lost all our childcare, so we have to juggle childcare yeah, and work. Yeah, and like th- in the past year. All those deadlines have caught up with me, so I've I've not really slept much in the past twelve months. <laughs> uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel, nearly. Yeah, yeah I've good. done various things. I did like um, Hellboy, the board game for Mantic, uh, which I've I, got to be honest and say I really loved. Oh, thank you. I, I it's really one of my really favourite ones we did. Yeah. I mean, I really liked it. I might. Uh, I I really loved it. <laughs> a little bit too hard, but I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the difficulty curve is always a challenging one on yeah, corporate yeah. games, and you know. Uh, yeah, that that was a curve where I felt I was out of breath within about <laughs> about ten minutes. It to comes down to which scenarios you, know, you play. Some of them got it, tested it better was, than others. It was excellent, and what I liked about it is somebody who's been a long time Hellboy reader. Yeah, the the feel of it was exactly. It felt like it felt like I was playing the comic, and well, that's, that was that was like a thing. There's um, there's a thing that I read a while ago. I forget who it was that said it. It was a journalist who said, "When you're like a journalist, when you're researching a story, for that period of time, you become the world expert on that thing, mm-hmm. and then once you've handed it over, you forget everything." And I yeah. was kind of like, I mean, I've read 25 years of Hellboy comics, so I, I dabbled in Hellboy. Mm. Yeah, but I got the link to Dark Horse Digital, and I had an account with all of the comics on, and I went through not just Hellboy, of course, because you got BPRD, BPRD you got and, Abe Sapien, you yeah, got all yeah, different yeah. things, you know, Hellboy and the BPRD, and I've read the lot over the course of like six months wow which i mean it became an obsession and so it meant that like we and i was saying so right you're working on this scenario you need to read this issue this issue this issue this issue Mm -hmm. and we were just focusing on how do we make the game feel like hellboy because i mean to me and i think i've always tried to put that in games like gore chosen you mentioned Mm, that's a great example how do you feel like you're a bunch of cornate warriors scrapping it out in a yeah, in, yeah. in an arena in Hellboy. How do you feel like you're in a Hellboy comic? Because Hellboy comics, the pacing is quite specific. It's like yeah. it's not a big fighty dungeon crawl action game. No, it's kind of it's like your slow burn with a big climactic ending, and that's what we wanted to kind of achieve with Hellboy. Because the the way the board game works is you have uh, the you have like a little deck of mm. cards that you go through in order, and you flip over or look at certain ones depending on what's happened. So it's almost like the game is. 
it's like an evolution of Silver Tower, really. Yeah, and okay. It's the games acting like a GM for you. Yeah, yeah. And then it all ends with a massive dust up with some big boss. It's like you flip sections of the board, and it's a big confrontation. Oh, maybe. And yeah. whatever, whether you like, you'll reach the confrontation in one of three ways. Either you reach it in time, all is good. Time runs out, or you all get knocked out. And yeah. Either way, you still get the big confrontation. It's just like you might have a slightly tougher time of it if you've gone into it a different yeah. way. And it was like the idea of trying to make it feel like Hellboy's big thing is he gets knocked down, but he gets back up again. You're never going to keep him down. Yeah. He drinks a whiskey drink. Yeah, he drinks. Yeah. Ah, what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that was kind of we really want to get that theme. And it's, I think it's it's it holds I think up. There's nothing worse if you play a game that's heavily built. With a, a, a strong existing law, yes, and then you play the game, and the game doesn't play like yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's just it's, it, it, you you feel a little bit robbed, you don't you? You feel it's, a bit robbed. Yeah, it feels yeah. Lazy, like lazy game design. Like, yeah. like the, the, the term is label slapping. It's like from, from from the licensing industry. It's where you just go, oh, here's the lunchbox. Now it's a space marine lunchbox. Whatever yeah, yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. think like with any because we most of the stuff we do is like IP based game design. Yeah. And so much of it is about, right, you've got to spend the time getting to know the IP. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like Betrayal at Calf, hmm. the first game I really worked on as a full game that was I was the lead designer on. Um, in that, I think more than any other GW game, I think bolt guns feel like bolt guns. Yeah. It's the one where yeah. you use bolt guns because they make people keep their heads down because yeah. they're firing explosives. At yeah, them, you yeah, know? yeah. And, and again, it was like, what, you know, read the Horus Heresy novels about that period. What is happening? What is going on? Titanicus, I read everything that GW had put out about Titans and how yeah. Titans fight. And I had like, uh, my Kindle had like loads of highlighted sections in books you can do it. And I was like, I need to think about what happens when a Titan dies. Yeah. Go and read that section. Oh, sometimes they fall over. Sometimes they just stand very still because the crew are dead. Yeah. All of that went into the game. Because I think with um, the That's one so I cool. did as the game with Kauth, it yeah. was, you had to get to an escape route because yeah. um, exterminators was going to happen so you just get turned into a puddle it's when they've, right. they've made the sun go kablooey um, okay. and you're trying to all get underground into the arcologies yes and yeah, so yeah. it's the opening scenario and that all came out of my um, it was about when when Space Hulk came out were you in retail when Space Hulk came out uh, no I was in the studio across? so I was studio, there yeah. and I ran that first Space Hulk mission so many times for customers I had it set up on the sh- on, on the on the shop floor and it's the, the first one is called Suicide Mission. It's where you get your five space, five Terminators trying to get to a room and flamer it. Okay. Oh, I know that one well. It's, it's a classic. Yeah. But I've played that to death. And I was like, well, people are going to play the first mission of Betrayal at Kauth over and over again. Yeah. So let's make it interesting. Let's yeah. not make yeah. it the boring tutorial. Yeah, let's yeah. make it interesting. So it's simple in that you've only got like a squad each. Yeah. But it's a race. And yeah, what you've yeah, got is you've yeah. got a long, long uh, board set up. At the other end, there are three blast doors. Yeah, so yeah. you both start at the same end. There's a few bits between you. Yeah, yeah. But those doors are closed. I think one of them closed at the end of turn two, yeah. one at the end of turn three, one at the end of turn four. And you've got to get as many people through those doors as possible. Yeah, yeah. And so what it means is that the game is immediately, you've got a thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. You yeah. tell the player, you need to move over there. Yeah. Because that's like, great. I mean, I've, I've played a lot of games where the first round you're like, well, what do I do? What, what's the right thing to be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So giving that very clear um, direction through the game design does that but it also makes it feel like you're reading that amazing yeah. bit of the story where yeah. they're all kind of you know trying to get through yeah. and whilst fighting each other at the yeah. same time and yeah. so you've got this kind of um leapfrogging thing you know that you'll have one one little unit laying down covering fire while the other one makes a break for cover and it feels really yeah. tense yeah. and I'm, I'm again i'm really proud of that scenario in particular yeah it yeah really... no, it was it, i remember we played it and i was just like this is good fun this is <laughs> yeah. like the kind of thing that you you could show like like if your brother's not played for a while, or yeah. you know, just want to have yeah. a bit of fun with mates, or, you know. Well, that's a great thing. I think with Space Hulk, it's a really good game for being able to get people to play it. Yeah, get people to play it who've never played. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think Especially that's... Especially the leg timer. He's like, stress! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off you go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just really... I do, I do like games. I mean, I play a lot of, like, uh, turn-based computer games and, like, XCOM. I, yeah. I know I go on about it a lot, but there's a couple of, like... Um, not mods, but games or at least things where you, you have timers and you've got to do mm. a thing in a set time. So, like, XCOM 2, you have yeah. to like, risk this person gets you evac in a set amount of turns. And if you don't, those people get stayed behind. Dead. Yeah. Um, and I love stuff like that in game where you, you have to do a thing in a set amount of time because it stops you from making those sort of like. Because we've all been there. We had that guy in like Warmer Fantasy Battle, we're like, just going to get the unit. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna move. No. Yep. Mm. Gonna pull that back. Yeah. No. And I move that. Just going to sit there. And you're like, oh, come on, just do your turn. I want to go home at some <laughs> point today. I, I did an interesting little one with regard to showing good game design, but then good, good knowledge is um, my pal Tim has been playing Space Hulk for many yeah. many years many many years and his um son-in-law is a major uh just about to leave the Royal Marines oh well and um he was a bit of a loose end and he went come round one night he said his, his his stepdaughter was away and he said come round one night and he says well would you want to fancy playing a game and he went yeah okay yeah never played space up before gave him the terminators nailed it in his first yeah. Nice. Just to understand the yeah, knowledge yeah. of tactics and, yeah. and where to go. And I think and that shows, you know, I think that shows good game design, doesn't totally. it? If, you, if you're smart enough, you can lean yeah. into yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think the, the best sort of war games to me are ones where the mechanics are fairly invisible. Like, they, 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 yeah. they the, what the mechanics do is let you translate your thoughts and strategies into what happens on the tabletop. Mm. And if, like, in an ideal world, you don't think, you don't spend too much time thinking about what the rules actually do, you're thinking about what you want to achieve and then yeah. the rules are just providing that yeah. you know, yeah. and, so, and that's, so that's when you get that sort of thing of it, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. fantastic yeah I mean Silver Tower I always think is a really I mean I've played through a lot of scenarios of Silver Tower we did like some live streaming back like ages ago yeah. um, but I always remember them being really good fun and you could forget the rules yeah between like we're not doing it for a couple of weeks, but you can easily pick it's, it up. Yeah, I think it's fairly intuitive, and it's, it was dead simple. I mean, the yeah. actual the, the core mechanics were, were simple. I mean, the game designing the game, I I lost sleep over that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> really, oh, it was no. great fun, but it yeah. was no one at no point was I ever told make it as complex as I did. Yeah. But it was a dream because I mean, I'd I'd like loved Warhammer Quest yeah. growing up. Yeah. And even when it was in in development, I don't know if you remember this, but they they it wasn't going to be called Warhammer Quest at first. They yeah. weren't sure if they had the ability to do it because of the video game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just going to be like Warhammer in a dungeon yeah, or something yeah. but I was like well it's going to be people are going to see it as Warhammer Quest whatever we do so it's got to live up to that and I didn't want to make it just like forgettable I wanted it to be a memorable experience hmm. and to me the big thing with Warhammer Quest was well it's your randomised dungeons you know things where you're drawing cards and all that so that's got to go in there but also it's the stories that come out of that mm. and the random little moments that emerge in a game that's the thing that, that creates the cool stories yeah. and so I wanted to make it like this game that told a story, but in a non-linear fashion. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are several board games that do that. And I think that's like you were saying earlier, it's one of the things that I've, I sort of brought in was I, I play a lot of games of yeah. different sorts. And even like the, you know, fighting fantasy game books, that sort of thing. There are all these things where you have like chunks of text and go to this paragraph and do that. And I thought, well, surely we can do that in, in, in Warhammer Quest. I had a spreadsheet, like nothing else, with like, <laughs> these are the numbers, these are the pages. Andy Clark is one of the yeah, writers yeah, yeah. there. I mean, we, go, we, we worked in retail together years ago. Yeah. Um, but he was like, right, I was like, Andy, I need four lines of text to fit on this page about this particular thing. <laughs> and he did a great job of it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was like, it was a headache to do, but I think it really worked. Because I, I mean, when you meet somebody who played Silver Tower, and I, I meet a lot of people that have played Silver Tower, they'll say, yeah. oh, I really enjoyed Silver Tower. Um, 
I can say to them, oh, did you see this thing? Because there's no guarantees. They might have gone down a different path. Yes, not, of course, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. And I love that because yeah. it means that there's replayability. You can yeah. play it again and Absolutely. discover new things. And I like that they brought out the deck of cards, which you could use other characters, other baddies. Yeah, absolutely. But then they did the, I know it was like a GM version, which was the ha- Shadows of Hammer. Over Hammer, yeah. but you could still use those same cards in that because they're designed such a yeah. And that was something, I, mean, I know a few people make comments going, why is Blackstone Photocards uh, one request? It, it became a brand after a while, didn't it? it was yeah, like yeah, a dungeon crawling. To, yeah. The title's on Care City as yeah. well. Yeah, because yeah. it's a dungeon crawler yeah. um, style game where, like say, it's randomised or whatever, but you can have futuristic ones or... Yeah, or, absolutely, and, yeah. Um, fantasy and I think ones. like the core engine is fairly similar across all the different games. And I think that's, that's really cool. I love the idea of taking that sort of DNA of a game and saying, well, how can you stretch it? How can yeah. you do something different yeah. there? Well, it's good if you play one and then you go and see the go, oh, I've got a basic idea yeah. where we're going before exactly. you even get started. You know? I, I always used to... Uh, so Silver Tower just reminded me of something where... Um, when coming up with a name, you'd have a placeholder name for a project <laughs> yep. um, to do the porn test on the internet for the search engines or like, you know, horrific things that you might type in, like yes. Silver Tower suddenly becomes Cause, like cause Silver they, Tower. They didn't, yeah, they <laughs> didn't really do that with Toy Story, did they? No, no. Or, or, or uh, the previous name for Glorious Homes down in Stapleford was called the, was called the Glory Hole for a long oh, time. Yeah. Well, there is um, there's a there's a mini golf place in uh, in yeah, Nottingham really called into. called Glory Hole. Yes, yes. Yeah, but that leads yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember they, they they came up with a placeholder name like because you had like Project Yellow and yeah. whatever. And this was called Silver Tower. Hot dog. Yeah, oh, of course, hot dog. Hot well. dog. That was Silver Tower. Oh, was it? I thought it was Silver Tower, and then just went. Um, Actually, we'll just keep it Silver Tower because we've done <laughs> the was, search. Unless it's another it one I'm thinking of. Because it was um, to do with there's a, there was a tower in Frankfurt which is a big silver tower, <laughs> and so it was called Hot Dog. Um, oh, cool! I remember Age of Sigma was Stanley. Okay, yeah. And then I yes, the yes, ones. yes, because that was MC Hammer's first name, wasn't it? Awesome. I, I, I always wonder what that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I think Fantastic. that's uh, the, the, the way they used to call it names. Sometimes <laughs> some people just didn't get it and go, "This is Project Green." cool yeah yeah what why is it called green what's what's, what's i still little... do it now like every project i work on i'll give it a code because basically it means like if i'm emailing people or if i share my screen by mistake i don't want to give stuff away yeah so all my projects got a little code and they're all little puns they're all yeah. based on things in my mind puns. now though mc hammer's name is stanley Hammer. i think it's stanley stanley, stanley, hammer. Is, stanley hammer it's something to do with <laughs> that, mc hammer that, i can't remember what. i love the idea that his stanley just is hammer he's saying yeah. 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 hammer yeah that's where i was going it's with. actually his initials it's, it's, it's michael craven hammer Oh dear! Yeah. Well, should we uh, smash some questions? Yeah, I was going to say we're going. Sorry, I, I will so ramble for days. Oh, yeah. no, no, it's okay. Here. So I was, I was there was a couple of things I was going to ask before oh. um, before we jump into the Patreon questions. Um, were you credited for any of the game designs that you did? No, of course no. not. Yeah. Um, so, well, <laughs> which is why so, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> did anyone film just your hands writing any of them? <laughs> <laughs> like, Agatha Christie start on the typewriter. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the beginning of Medici Road. Yeah, just yeah. To- Come in um, for the info, stay for the saucy comments. <laughs> what was weird was I was, I was I was there when community became a thing. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Over that weird transition period. And what started happening was you started seeing interviews in white dwarf again yeah 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 um and there was a couple of days when we all got brought in and had our headshots taken do you remember that yes yeah, we had to go yeah. in and have like um photos taken red backdrop yeah lovely oh, course, lovely yeah. photo and um that was like they started saying oh here's so-and-so who designed whatever here's so-and-so who was the lead writer on this thing and so it was like soft crediting i suppose like yeah, yeah. white dwarf had said you were, you'd done it, but you weren't allowed to say it. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And then someone on Twitter asked me, hey, did you design Gore Chosen? And what I said, of course, was, well, I'm, I'm, I was part of the team that created Gore Chosen, <laughs> you know. Um, and I got I got a, a, a little um, little note through through the, the channels. You, you can't do that. 
you can't. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, like, well, yeah. But but it's yeah, there's a white dwarf article here saying James Hewitt, designer of Gorchos. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. I remember a, a bunch of people wrote some social media policies and never <laughs> followed them themselves. Which used to make <laughs> me giggle. Oh, oh, I have no <laughs> opinions on that subject. <laughs> we None. won't go into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, from a like my point of view, seeing like this this transition of. And you know, we we talked in previous shows about like the Matt Ward situation. I mean, mm-hmm. you were obviously part of a team, and you were like yeah. you would have like someone that was creating or like the the brains behind it, and other people like like Andy Clark would be like doing some yeah, words yeah, for yeah. him, this that, and the other. But um, most of the time, you, you'd have like the lead. Yeah, I mean, then... generally, you know, you have your project lead, the person who's like doing the majority of the work. But, I mean, in the rules team, there are four of us, and everything yeah. got passed around. Yeah, to other yeah, people. absolutely. Yeah, but there's still one person who's guiding it. Yeah, so it is absolutely 100 percent a team effort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every one of the games I did there would be a point at which I'd go like, this doesn't work anymore. I'd go to Jervis and go, Jervis, help. Yeah, and he'd yeah. look into it like you'd see in The Matrix and go change that one oh, thing there because yeah. he's an absolute genius. Since he left, I, 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 oh, I fear for narrative gaming uh, since uh, <laughs> yeah. Jervis left. I really yeah. do. There, there was a lot of people in the studio at that has time. Has Jervis gone on to do anything else? They just retired. He's probably doing his own stuff, maybe, yeah. like yeah, you know, yeah. things he wants to. He's allowed to do now. Without, yeah. 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 Uh, I remember him calling me once and Rhodes as well saying, do you guys do? Sorry, do you guys do freelance? <laughs> That's bad. Sounds, like, sounds like Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was, and we were like, yeah, but this was the time where they stopped us from doing freelance paint jobs in our own time yeah. for like uh, people around the studios because he used to do stuff for Dave Andrews, like paint some World War One mm-hmm. Scots yeah. and stuff like that for him. And we were going to do some stuff for for Jervis because he wanted a load of things painting, and then we got told not to do that. But oh. then other people were allowed to do it, which was always the weird thing. <laughs> Some mm. people were allowed to do it. Depends on who you knew and who you spoke <laughs> yeah. to. But Four legs, good. Two legs, better. And so yeah, on and so oh, forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So my second question I was going to ask, um, let's put you in a hypothetical situation. Because uh, <laughs> a few a few Patreons have kind of asked, asked this thing and it'll make a great clickbait title. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get a jammy dodgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're... you're yourself in. You get, you get the phone call. Yep. James Workshop is on the other side of it and, and he's like, rah, rah, fix 40k. Because <laughs> um, some that I, I, I don't know, it's not necessarily the general consensus, mm. but a lot of people, as we discussed before the camera started rolling, um, like eighth and ninth marked some big sort of shifts in, in like uh, in, in 40k. If you were given the reins to it, you know, maybe what are some of the issues that it currently has, do you think, and how would you resolve them? Oh, interesting. So first of all, I would I would have a word with James Workshop because I was I was doing that joke many moons before he before he, he came around. I used to answer the phone by mistake occasionally in the shops. James Workshop, games no wait, hang on. So people <laughs> used to call me James Workshop occasionally, and then then this pretender turns up who apparently is a paid actor. It's not even his real name. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> well, um, influenced by you because you're both redheads. Clearly, right? exactly yeah. the same thing. Um, so yeah. Um, the, so yeah, what I would say is I'm not the best positioned person because I've not played 40k eighth or ninth. Same. Apart yeah. from I played a little bit when I was working on Necromunda. Like uh, we had some demo games of it because the aim was to make it as mm. close as possible to that rule set as we could, but then adding a load of extra stuff into it. Um, but from what I've seen of it, I think the biggest issue with it and it's so easy to say these things when you're not on the team right when you haven't got five different opinions telling you what it needs to be yeah but like it feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be um and of course the problem is that 
as a game produced as the flagship game of Games Workshop, it's got to be everything for everyone, right? It's got to be yeah. appealing to yeah. all the people. So you've got all your different styles of play. What I love is the fact that there is now this acknowledgement that there are different ways to play. Yeah. yeah. Thank and God. this is, I mean, for me personally, yeah. the, I would much rather go for the little games that are geared towards a particular thing. So uh, Underworlds is your quick fire competitive thing. Well, I know that they've brought out, is it the Nemesis thing or Rivals recently, where it's oh, like okay, yeah. twary more narrative? Yeah. But whatever the case, that is very much written as a competitive short fire game that you yeah. play, you know, in a tournament or whatever. You've got your Necromunda, which is much more of a narrative thing, whereas 40K's got to be everything all at once. And I think yeah. the challenge is that when you've got a game that is trying to be everything, you've got an ever-expanding range of miniatures that's never going to stop getting bigger mm, yeah. because that is the business model. That's just how it works, yeah. You kind of have to accept that it's never going to be a great game. And I don't mean that in any, with any, any sort of disrespect to it, but mm. like it's always going to be held back by all these constraints. Yeah. And the big thing is it's never been going to be designed to be a great game. That's not the the business requirement of it. It's designed to be a vehicle for selling loads of miniatures. Yes. As we all know, the, the GW like, it, yeah, yeah. business thing We is are like, a miniature company. We, yeah, we, we make plastic miniatures. And we will yeah. sell them at forever. a profit forever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the main problem with 40K, and, it, and it's something that you'll never be able to fix, until Games Workshop accept dropping the business model of releasing a new edition every three years, yeah. you'll never get 40K to work. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, from my experience, I wanted to play some 40K. Never got around to, I think I played one or two games of eight. Um, oh, sorry, I lied earlier when I was, <gasps> I never played it. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm but, I mean, I, yeah. uh, it, was that, it was that so long ago, I can't remember how it works. And yeah. I played one game of ninth, and that was on uh, Wama TV, uh, Wama Plus, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, eventually yeah. Was, that, that yeah. was my first game yeah. of night. Don't like never it open to the PG. They don't like it open, <laughs> no, they? That's what we mentioned every time you play that game, that's got to be sad. But I built so many armies for 40k and never got to use them just because I never found the time or yeah. it was such a chore to have all these different like things going off. I'm just like, that, that's why my life is skirmish-based games and box, yeah, box completely. games. Because it's, yeah. it's self-contained. Well, I... And that's just personal choice. That's yeah, I like, think you know, the don't, don't shout at me in the comments for liking the things I that you don't like. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to shout at you now. Yeah, who's getting started? Might as well. um, Down I think with Peach. Why? Why don't they? Why can't there be two versions of it? Where you go, the one version where you go. Do you know if you want to play it, and you know you haven't got, and I don't mean size because having big armies is more fun and it yeah. looks more dramatic and it gives you more options of. Them models you spent ages getting painted, but aren't massively great in the meta. You're never going to put them on a board. But why isn't the why isn't the game designed where you can have low rule, yeah, more fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that's the brilliant. And what Games Workshop are missing there to some degree, that's the brilliant way to drag twelve year olds in. Yeah, so because if you swamp them, is this Age of Sigma should, should still be doing that because they yeah. did. Sorry, no, no, sorry. Go I was going to say because they, they they did the four page rules for Age yeah. of Sigma, yeah. which was so accessible. Yeah. So everything you need to know is on your card. Legion, Star Wars Legion do this. All yeah. your information's on yeah. your card. Yeah, you can build points. Sometimes when I play with mates, we don't worry about points. We just like go, like, I want to use this unit, I want to use that unit. Yeah. You have like three units for and a character, three units and a character. It doesn't matter if it's unbalanced. No one cares because we're having fun. So Age of Sigma was that, and it was really well done. And everything you need to know was on the, um, the card. I remember a couple of guys were like, it should be like Fantasy Flight, like Star Wars Legion, where 
you have a set card size. Yeah, and the information doesn't get any bigger than that. You have to fit mm-hmm. within this parameter. But then it became like well, one, one day she was that. Size. They were all written for like a one page, one page of a book, weren't they? And they yeah. translated to cards. You had the little teeny mini text. Yeah, yeah which, exactly. I don't yeah. know if it's, if it's better now. Well, but, you know, yeah. well, you know, look at it in, in um, a game I I loved and broke my heart when it was when it was adjusted. But I loved um, for many a moon was a big big fan of confrontation. Mm, the yeah. French game. And it came with the Blumen rule book was in the blister. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah, tiny little yeah. rule book, and it was. I mean, you could buy the rule book separately, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. could buy the rule yeah. book. Separately. But you always had the rules. But the there. rules yeah. weren't constantly changing, so, uh, and they couldn't constantly change because, to some degree, there was a little rule book already in a blister. Yeah, and they kept quite. And I, I just think, why you can't go look? Here's the easy version. Here's yeah. the competitive yeah. tournament players version. And also, if you want more background, there's books. Yeah, there's a bigger and, you know, book. and then also stuff. as well as then you, you know with your, your kids, you know, because I'm, I'm I haven't been a man who's tried to teach a child it. You know, going well, go what we'll do, we'll you know we'll play it this way. Yeah, and then you go well, tell you what, let's go into there, and now we'll bring in this rule, mm. and then allow you to bolt yeah the rules on until eventually you go. Oh, guess what? We're now we're playing it like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's how I like to design games. So, Titanicus. Um, have you played Titanicus? No, the, no. no. So, the, the book for that, I mean, and the book is horribly written. I look back at it and I cringe because <laughs> it was. I was just given free reigns to do whatever I liked, yeah, and yeah. it was a big. Uh, you know, it was a ten thousand word document that I just handed over, and it all got put in. And I, I would love it, love to see someone who is more accomplished at rules writing than I was at that point rewrite the rule book because multiple tangents here rules writing and game design two completely different skill sets yeah. there's the design of the game then there's the putting it into words I think the Titanicus game design really happy with that the rules writing not so much but what I do like about it is it's a thing I've carried on since is you've got the basic rules and then there's a section of advanced rules and then there's a section of optional rules and what that's basically doing is saying the basic rules let you play the game you can get your titans out you play the game dead straightforward Play it for your first few games, or if you want to, just stick with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. optional rules, sorry, the advanced rules, sorry, that complete the core rules of the game. So that is like uh, your reactor overloading, different types of special weapon rules, that sort of stuff. The optional rules, if you want to go really narrative, and it's things like buildings blowing up, yeah, stray okay. shots hitting yeah, the wrong target, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. which is the, if you're an experienced hobbyist, you can do this one. And I really like that as a, as, as a, a way of doing it. And yeah. um, I've done, so I'm currently working on a... Uh, skirmish game for Modifius which is based on Fallout the video games you've oh, played those yes. oh yeah, yeah yeah so it's Fallout Factions uh, Nuka World which is based off one of the Fallout 4 yeah. um, expansions expansions yeah. set in an abandoned theme park it's amazing um, it's got lovely hard plastic miniatures oh good by Colin Grayson oh you know Colin Cole? yes yeah yeah because yeah, he, um, he moved from workshop didn't he beautiful miniatures yeah um, nice but I work love on that to, uh, and love to get in touch with him uh, he's in um, Scotland now I think I'll, I'll, I'll put you in touch with the uh, the studio you can oh, maybe brilliant. get some yeah. miniatures oh, yeah. I mean I love Fallout so paint well, your it's, models it's for been Fallout. so much fun because I've loved the Fallout games for years yeah, it's yeah. been so much fun playing in that world but like yeah. um in that, I've done the same thing where I've got, here's your basic rules for your first game. And the rule book literally holds your hand and says, for your first game, don't worry about all the details, here's the basics. Yeah. After a couple, here's the next bit. And then once you've done that, here's quest mode, which is basically it's your Necromunda campaign, right? Uh, and you're cool. playing for trying to grab the territory of the, yeah, of the park and all that kind really of thing. Good. And But it's doing that thing of going, here are different levels. Not just saying and paying lip service and going, oh, there are three ways to play. It's like, actually, here are some different levels. Yeah. What's the right yeah. one for you? Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that one of them is necessarily the correct one. No, they're all different levels set. Have they, I, mean, I, I love modular game design. Uh, yeah. Have they tried to simplify 40k with boarding actions? 
Is that like no? I don't think they will. Have, I haven't read it, but they won't have simplified what's it. They'll have just just boarding actions. Boarding oh, actions is, is the... like the kill team scenery, like right, the, yes. the the walls, and you take like a, a five hundred point force. You yeah. can't you can't take vehicles or monsters. And that was a White Dwarf article years it's ago. It's a bit wasn't like forty k in forty minutes. It feels yeah. Like. There was definitely there was. In, I'm thinking late nineties, early noughties. There was a White Dwarf article about because I remember it was no, no vehicles, no monsters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, that's I remember. Yeah, bells. yeah, it does ring bells. Yeah, so I well, guess it's yeah, taking yeah. that. Because I think there's two things, and then you want to stop. It's never going to do. Stop releasing it every three years, and stop stop paper. Stop having books. Because if you get it online, when when you then go look, we've looked at this, and we're going to nerf it, and you go like, well, you go, well, that's fine, and well, it's not fine. It's never fine to not get it right straight mm-hmm. away. But but then be able to do it in such a way that you go, well, look, with the instead of you then having to go and look all over the place for it, going. Your rule book is, you've always got the rule book. It's online. That's what you're mm-hmm. working on. Now, if you go into it now, it will be adjusted. And that will be in there. As opposed yeah. to going, here's a series of FAQs. And you go, Although I, I guess the, you'll always get gamers who will go, but I want a book. I want yeah, the book yeah. on the and table. Do, do you know what? Yeah. The really funny thing is, James, that's me. <laughs> I, always want, I always want a book. Yeah. But I'm also enough of an adult to know the Games Workshop aren't going to come, send someone round to my house go, Give us your codex, yeah. Jeff. Rip the page out. Next thing you know, <laughs> stick yeah. another page out. Yet, then. Not I'm, in early days. I'm the same you know, as Games you. Workshop blooming codexes should come with a ring, come in a ring binder, yeah. shouldn't they? Where yeah. they just send you a page just, out. Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah. Download a page and print yeah, it. Put it in yeah. because I mean, it's, it's so frequent. I've always been like that. Was like I like a physical thing in my hands. Yeah. My phone, obviously, you know, I might forget to charge it. You're like, oh, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't find the uh, rules I need. Um, but. As a biker, not having to carry lots of rules around mm. in you is is ideal. Yeah. But not everyone, obviously, not everyone's a biker. I always go for the practicalities <laughs> myself here. Yeah. You know, plastic miniatures are like the metal miniatures. Yeah. No books are better than yeah. books. So you, yeah, you know, you're minimising like your weight. Somebody uh, using public transport. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it would be similar. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. get loads going on on the trams. Get to yeah. Willow yeah. Road, and they have to like cart all these kids. Yeah, yeah. So like are we moving in? How would you how, how would you fix forty k? Make it lighter to carry. <laughs> there you go. Job done. Job there done. Yeah. Aim it for motorcyclists. Everything else will fall in place. Yeah. 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 yeah there you go. Right. You're, you're burning with questions. I can see. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Let's go for yeah. it. Yeah. Just, sure. I, I think I could. I've seen that we've ticked over an hour. So hey, wow. Uh, already. Wow. We should uh, we should ask some Patreon questions. What is your favorite game and why? <laughs> so keep it simple shall we yeah. my favourite game and why oh my god what is my favourite game and why it's a very why difficult do I play question <laughs> do I play games anymore um, so lately I've so I've not been doing any miniatures games for a while mm. because um, I, I've got pretty bad carpal tunnel in my hands oh no and oh. Um, also, I'm on some medication for the old ADHD, which makes my hand, my fingers go a bit numb, so I can't hold a paintbrush properly anymore, oh. which sucks. But also, the painting world doesn't miss me. I mean, I was never exactly a, a, a sterling talent, you know what I mean? Just colour plastic, that's all you need. Yeah, to spray be fair, paint. spray painting and yeah, yeah. a little bit of that is yeah. kind of, that's what I tend to do for a lot of my stuff. Especially Good. if it's like, um, like for, if I'm doing playtesting, or if they're like yeah. uh, board game miniatures and that, it's a little bit of spray, a little yeah. bit of colour, you know. Yeah. But um, also, I've been so busy. So I've not really done much in the way of uh, miniatures games lately. I've been playing a lot of board games uh, and quite a few role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games. There's mm. a game called uh, Blades in the Dark, which Ooh. is, oh, it's just fantastic. It's a, like, your, your D&D-style RPG, um, but you're basically playing uh, a bunch of criminals in. It's like Peaky Blinders meets Dishonored, the video game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, that, that's that's it in a nutshell. Two things are both like, <laughs> and it's it's fantastic. It's like I don't know if you ever played many sort of role playing games, but the big thing with it is you you have like heists that you got called scores. It's very Ocean's Eleven. You have mm-hmm. flashbacks, Ooh, so cool. you know, oh, a guard comes around the corner. 
flashback because actually I bribed that guard earlier. Actually, the guard is Julia Roberts or whatever it might be. You know, oh, amazing. It's, oh, so, but what's great is there's so much stuff in it that has informed my game design elsewhere. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. like whenever dice get rolled in it, um, like because with like, I've played a lot of D and D over the years, yeah. and a lot of the time you roll a dice in D and D, nothing really happens. Like either you, I've done three points of damage, awesome, or I've done nothing at all. Next thing happens. Whereas like Blades in the Dark does a thing of every dice roll has consequences of some kind. It, it changes oh, the great. state of the game in some way by either you get the thing you want or you don't, and there are consequences. And I like I've been bringing more of that into the tabletop games I've been doing. So like with um, Fallout factions, there's things where you give the players a lot of power to do things but everything they do has consequences and costs and that and it's yeah it's really interesting i mean what i would again what i was i can't remember if i said this earlier on camera or off camera but if you want to design games just play as many different games as possible yeah. because yeah. Yeah. it all feeds in even if you're not looking to design stuff but you want to like do your own campaign systems yeah, for example, yeah. no agreed looking at how other things do it yeah fantastic blades in the dark then blades in the dark lovely uh i need to preface this one by saying um our Patreon community is as silly as we are. <laughs> I'm immediately concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Two questions. Mashed potato, what's your recipe? <laughs> okay, yeah, no, they're, they're, absolutely. So red, pota- red potatoes, you, you want good red potato f- for a mash, I would say. Uh, so boil them about 15, 20 minutes till you can put a fork in without too much resistance. Nice, nice, yeah. Yeah. Drain it off and then just let them steam for a minute. Let them dry out. You don't yeah. want to put them back in too wet. Back in the pan, off the heat, a little bit of butter, proper butter, please. A little bit of milk. Although you can, if you, pack. no, oh, oh, steady on <laughs> now. Afford that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all right, Mr. Christ. Fancy Pants over here. I, I see where the Patreon money's going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So you, you, if you want, I have tried this a few times. But a little bit of mayonnaise instead of milk and butter actually oh. surprisingly works quite well. Oh, and uh, mix it up with the masher. None of this yeah. rice stuff. Proper old-fashioned masher. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a bit of salt and pepper. And if you really want, did this last night actually. A bit of cheese. Mix that in as well. Ooh, yeah, yeah cheesy, that, that cheesy, is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so much better than I thought that was going to go. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh. Well done. You James. might not think you're looking at me. But I like my food. I know. Like wish this should have recorded. I'll have to wait. <laughs> well, it's weird to think that. Luckily, I'll have, to... I have recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird to think I have. I have a lot of game and stuff on yeah. when I'm when I'm cooking. So yeah. I've never yeah. had game and stuff on to actually follow. <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is I, I've got a little tub in my fridge of last night's mash. I could have brought it with me. I oh. could have just like, how do I do it? Well, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should have sent you these questions. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I bought my mash. Thanks, Phil, for that one. Um, <laughs> and he also says, and if you could go back to one of the games you've written, um, what, like, what, what, uh, like, what do you do differently? I'm assuming. What would you, yeah, what would yeah. you do differently? Um, yeah, all right. So uh, two answers. I'm going to do two rather than one because I'm a rebel. Do what I like. Um, so <laughs> in betrayal at Calf. Yep. Um, I think the system where you allocate wounds to models is a little bit too complicated. It's the mm-hmm. one bit of the rules that feels a little bit more complicated than other things. It's like, uh, you make it simpler. But also in that, uh, Space Marines have combat knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the one weapon in the game that doesn't have any rules. It's like, we'll give a combat knife. Yes, yeah. Mate, yeah rather yeah. than having a melee attack, just, it's an attack with a, with a combat knife, yeah, yeah. which has its own rules. There you go, it easy. One of those wonderful hindsight moments. Like Five years later, I was like, oh, I should have done that. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in Blitzbowl, which was the... Yeah. Little spin-off of Blood Bowl. It's only available in Germany and America, yeah. possibly Canada as well. Okay. It's part of their kind of trying to get into markets they haven't already. Got. I want to say Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the German equivalent, Barnes und Noble. I'm <laughs> um, but like uh, you, yeah, it's in in there again. Very simple game, and it's it's kind of it's it, it's very loosely based on Blood Bowl, but it's it's very much not. It plays in half an hour, which as yeah. we all know is not what Blood Bowl is. <laughs> um, yeah, and. Uh, 
but it's all very simplified. But again, I, there's one mechanic, and it's the, the mechanic for throwing, and it uses a range ruler, and there's modifiers, and it's so unlike the rest of the game. Yeah. If I had more time, I'd, I'd just simplify that massively. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Nice, perfect. Um, okay, wonderful. Next one. Uh, I, I'll read this to you. If it doesn't apply to <laughs> your career at GW yep. or what have you, then that's fine. Go for it. Because this seems quite like a... Because we said, hey, this guy does rules. Yeah. Um, and people have asked quite a lot of... Um, quite, bro- quite broad questions yeah. or, or pointed questions. That, I'm quite a broad um, person, so I can take it. Okay. <laughs> Why does Games Workshop not invest as much into rules, balanced playtesting, <sighs> proofreading compared to other companies? Because I have no idea what their budget is. And mm. other so companies, it's a very interesting question. I think that question makes some assumptions. Yeah. Um, first of all, I would say there is no other company. I think pretty safe to say this putting out the same quantity of content mm. that Games Workshop does. Yeah. Um, there is. There's just. There's just not. I mean, I've I've worked for most of the bigger work, uh, tabletop games companies out there, and no one puts out as much stuff as as regularly as Games. Yeah, Workshop. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. slow down, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's getting a bit much. Um, <laughs> it's but, insane. Yeah, yeah, and I think the thing is that. When you get to a company the size of Games Workshop, when everything is kind of profit-led, we've said that's in their business statement, yeah. you get diminishing returns with playtesting and proofreading. Yeah. Because it is very rare that a well-playtested book will sell more than one that has been you know, playtested so that it's not broken. Yeah. The, the thing that I often say to people that are learning game design is that balance is kind of uh, an illusion. What is better than balance is a lack of complete imbalance. Yep. So like p- players will see immediately if something is broken. Yeah. If something doesn't work, that's that. The nuance of it, of how balanced a thing is, for example, the number of points a thing is worth, it'll come out over time. But the amount of playtesting it would take to get to the point of it being perfect, yeah, it's yeah. never worth the money. Yeah. Um, which is why, I mean, like, if, so a 40k release, so when I was writing codexes and things, um, so I did the, the first Skitari codex, for example, we had we weren't didn't have a playtesting budget. The playtesting was, I had a bunch of regulars who would buy a pizza on a Tuesday night from around the office. Of course, yeah, I remember the pizza nights. Yep, yep, little little canteen pizza. That's how we got boards done as well. Yeah, there you go. Yep. This is the behind-the-scenes actions I want. Yeah, this is what I want to hear. And um, because at this point there was a, a big rule, don't do, don't do external playtesting because that's how leaks happen. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah, to a degree I, I, I agree with that, but also you need to playtest games. Um, and the problem is that, you know, I would do the codex and you would play at best a dozen games mm. you get no useful data in a dozen games yeah. what you'll find out is oh that that should be a six not a two like you get big things that are wrong yeah you won't get that should be a three not a four yeah yeah and as soon as it hits the public in the first day you have way however many th- tens of thousands yeah. of people read it and immediately give you all their opinions yeah and it's like well yeah it w- would have been lovely if we could have had that you know, there. What you see is interesting is that some companies, I mean, Forge World used to do it, but they put a, a, a beta version of a, of a rule set up and mm. get feedback on it. I think Privateer Press used to do a similar sort of thing. They put right. out like work in progress rules. The way GW operates, they'll never do that. I remember, um, so I might go on a slight segue here. It's, um, it's but, a segue. Um, firstly, there's two rule systems um, that I'm going to mention. The first one is Warcry. Yep. I've only ever seen one rule amendment with that game. Yep. So I don't know how well playtest that was because I wasn't in the studio at the time when that was being made. It is a tight game. It is a very tight game yeah. but also very fun and very yeah. enjoyable but the, the only ru- one rule thing was just like a slight word change to go melee instead of three inch weapon. Yeah. Um, that, that was obviously I've not really nailed on the newer rules at the moment for the, the, the newer sets that have come out but there was something else I remember when I was working it was when Underworlds was coming out Yeah. and Dave Sanders was on it. Yeah. 
and love Dave. Yeah, I love Dave. He's a very clever guy, and he was given what felt like a monumental task. And it may it makes sense now, but it, that guy was so stressed. He was asked to play test in two weeks, a hundred and fifty games. So if you put that down, so in, in, if you break that down to like probably day, probably like 20, 15 games a day, right? But you're only doing that during lunch times because you're trying to get a variety of people. Yeah, so and there's yeah. only six tables or four tables mm -hmm. in that playtest room. So you could probably get eight people in there at a time. So he was stressed as heck. But and he, he won't be getting paid to do that every no, lunch break. No. So he'll be having to do it of his own Yeah, back. so, and I remember having a word with the, the boss at the time. And I was like, why, why are you stressing the guy out? He goes, to, to get so many games play set, tested. He was like, if I said go and play test it, he'll probably get 20 games played. If I give him this really tight amount, I'm not expecting to it, and eventually I'm going to have a conversation with him so to, to ease his, his, his concerns. But already he's on 50. Mm. So that is like over double what I expected from normal playtest games. What's the quality of those tests? Well, this is this is the thing. This it's like, thing. I, I don't know much about Underworlds, but yeah. I, from what I understand, it's a very well-written yeah, rule set. Absolutely. So I don't know if that's down to the playtest in those 120 I think he managed in the end. Is it Dave, Phil, Dave's Phil got... Kelly who does Underworlds now? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, does it? Um, but I know Dave, I mean, Dave, Dave's, he's got a great mind for games. He actually, he was my, he was my replacement in the team. When I yeah, left, yes, he took he that was, job. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, I couldn't think of anyone better because we used to play a lot of games and yeah. he's got a very incisive mind for that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if it had just come out yeah. really well done. But um, yeah, I think the problem is when you playtest, the, 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 the real, like the meat of it is you play the game, but beforehand you have a chat to sort of brief your testers and after it you have, a, you have a chat to debrief them. And I guarantee if you speed it up, you lose the, the before and the after. You just get the actual, we're going to sit and play a game. And if anything comes out that is massively broken, I'll note that down. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get much more feedback than that if, you, if you're zipping through stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But at least, at least playtesting was happening at that point. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, mean I, I played... The, weirdly, the, when the game was finalised, it was very different to the games I played at lunches. Oh, really? Yeah, very, very different. Oh, well, not... Cute. I mean, there was still, like, the different sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...and stuff like that, but just some of the way that the rules operated, it was just like, well, this is a very different game. Yeah. I mean, um, the difference between the way I design games now to what I did when I was at Workshop is so different because, I mean, playtesting, to me, is game design. Mm. Like, you, you can't work yeah. on a game without just testing it constantly. Yeah, you, yeah. you make the thing... And that first draft is what you think it should be, and it'll be wrong. Yeah. And what happens is you'll play a load of games, and each time you play, you'll refine it, and you'll test it, and whatever else. And those refinements become more and more gradual. I've always It's like ice sculpting, right? You start off with a chainsaw, and you end up with a little tiny yeah. hammer or a brush, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. And you don't get that nuance unless you really put the time in. And it's like, I mean, now I will spend um, six to nine months working on a game that I'd have had three months for at Workshop, mm. because you want to give it that time to breathe and develop. Yeah. That's nice. fascinating. Yeah, because the... Like with the the Votan Codex that came out, I've it, heard things. It was <laughs> broken to the extent that they did their first ever apology video. Yeah, and yeah. I that think must have burnt them though. Yeah, to do that, I, I, I bet some heads rolled. <laughs> I bet they didn't. Yeah. No, um, no, sorry. Yeah. But that was, um, and I imagine that was due to time. Mm. And they said they play tested it against two of the newer codexes that had since been nerfed. Right. So it was like doubly powered, yeah. um, so, and I think that is like a, a time thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they need to get the models it's, out. It's the, the, the big, yeah. the big enemy is time yeah. for yeah. anything. Absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. having that freedom to yeah. well, properly spend as much time, time quality, cost. You can't yep. have all three. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great gif where there's a scale, yeah. and you're like, I want that. I want that, and then the other one goes, yeah. and, uh, and and you just spend the whole time yeah, clicking. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, getting two is great, isn't it? Sometimes. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes if you're lucky to get two, yeah. Most of the time you get one. Only have two. Uh, okay, uh, someone called August says it's, uh, the armies. I guess you could change them, interchange them, especially uh, especially when trying to make them feel like their law. Mm. 
how do you start coming up with rules to make something like Gene Steeler Cults versus Custodes a fair game while still having Custodes feel like they're near unkillable? <laughs> yeah, interesting. Cause, I mean, again, you look at like, different different games, they have different like, ab- abstraction levels, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you think back to like, Inquisitor, which is a game... Uh, 2099 I think maybe it came out yeah. which was your yeah, 54mm scale models and it was yeah. ultra detailed and in that Space Marines you didn't see them in games generally because they were so overpowered because that game was trying to stick really closely to the established lore and background you come to 40k and you've got a game where everything is more or less kind of the same within a couple of numbers of, it, yeah, uh, yeah. of each other Necromunda's kind of the middle yeah, ground yeah, right yeah, yeah. Um, and so it comes down to kind of which game you're writing for so if you're writing for 40k your custodies need to be a bit tougher than Space Marines because that's what the law says. But not as tough as, say, I don't know, a Tyranid Warrior or whatever the next thing up might be. So you're kind of yeah. you're fitting it into those gaps, right? Yeah. The tricky part is the more abstract you go, the more difficult it is to make things feel distinct. And so that's why you get things like your army-specific stratagems and special rules and all that sort of stuff. Because the numbers... Like, you're at a point with, with the 40k8 engine... You've only got a few different numbers that can be weapon skill or ballistic skill, right? Like a six plus is yeah. well, this is awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. A two plus is this is overpowered. Yeah. So it's three, four, five for, for most of your stuff. Yeah. So where is how do you define what each of those things is, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what is a guardsman? I'm assuming a guardsman is still a four plus. I would assume. Four plus. Sometimes if you're veterans, it becomes a three plus. Oof, if you're lucky. Oh, if you're lucky. Um, space Marine territory, that. Yeah, but you think within the so a space marines a three plus then. Yeah. So the custodies is that a two or is it a three? Because if it's a two, that's like well, what do you make your custodies captain or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, you know? yeah. And so you have got this little tiny wiggle room, and so you you have to bring in special rules, scenarios, things that make the flavour come in. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why you see so much extra stuff with the codex. Yeah. You know, you see so yeah. many different things coming in. Yeah, I suppose that, that feels a bit like Necromunda. You, a lot of our gangers have similar stat lines. Yeah. yeah. A little tweak here and there. Yeah. Weapons make a difference, but then you get the gang tactics that allow you to do more vicious stuff yeah. than yeah. you yeah. saw in your game. Poor you. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing I th- this. <laughs> I think, um, I think the, the, the core one, isn't it, is 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 got to be always... The better you are, the fewer of you there is. And yeah, that, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and and if you look at Gene Steeler Cults, or somebody who owns a Gene Steeler Cults army, they they should be just coming out of blooming mm, yeah. holes in the ground. Yeah. They should be absolutely you. like like dregs, but coming at you. Like, have you have you seen uh, what's the video game Dark Tide? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah, played yeah. a bit of that, and it feels like you've got this horde coming at you, and it's like yeah, that, that's how it should feel. The yeah. horde of, like pox walks or whatever, yeah. just flowing at you. Absolutely, yeah. That's what it should be. Fantastic. Um, what has been the most surprising tactic that has evolved from a rule set you wrote slash had experience with, i.e. you wrote the rules for an army or a character to play one way and then once people started using it, they found yep. it completely different way to you. Oh, wow, that's a great question. That you didn't um, think about. Oh, no, see, I'm wrecking my brains now because it's been a while since I've worked on any, any of this stuff. Um, I mean... Not necessarily GW. No, but. no. Um, so I'm, I'm going to answer... A tangent, right? Okay, so Silver Tower. So it's not not okay. that, but Silver Tower. So Silver Tower has got a thing where you have the the destiny dice. So yes, the way yeah, Silver yeah. Tower works is on your turn, you roll four dice, and you you then spend those in your turn to do stuff. But the group as a whole rolls five dice. You get rid of any duplicates, and the ones that are left are like dice that people can use. Anyone in the group can use them. And when I was designing the game, in my mind everyone is on the same side you're cooperative you're all buddies you'll work out between you how you're going to share them nope <laughs> so I had one particular play, one of the first playtests outside the rules team because yeah. every, everyone in the rules team was kind of playing it 
with the way I'd intended it. Yeah. And I got, um, it was a few people. It was like Marcus Trankner, yeah, yeah, Tim yeah, Malloy, yeah. a few people from, from the studio. And they came in and the, each round, the first person who went first went, thank you, I'll have those. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And and I asked them like, afterwards, I was like, yeah, in the little debrief, what was, are you, you're on the same side. Yeah, but I want to win interesting and it was and so then we ended up putting a rule in where whenever you use a dice the one that's left with the highest number is locked and you can't use it yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that goes to yeah, the next yeah remember player. that so um, we, we did that on, on the live stream and I will just go I'm taking that I'm like, oh you're not going to ask the rest of the group no <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and it's but that's the thing where like when you design a thing you've got your assumptions right you think well it's yeah. obviously going to play this way and then you know that happens I mean but yeah I'm, I'm sure there, there are going to be countless ones if I think of any more I'll put them in the comments yeah yeah brilliant yeah. Uh, so someone we, I think we think we kind of covered this do you think games like 40k need to be made uh, simplified uh, to yes, entice no, maybe. more people it depends yeah, on who the audience is yeah have a few different sort of rule sets and things what would you do if they let you loose on Mordheim <laughs> so I'd get a fish you need to have a fish in yeah Mordheim. you need fish yep yeah. stay um, split to a uh, shield stay to a shield yeah exactly <laughs> apparently this is anecdotal I've heard this but like apparently there was meant to be a thing like codified in the narrative that fish were meant to ward off. It was a rumor that fish warded off uh, the house, yeah, yeah, makes sense. but it never actually made it in. Yeah, so all the miniatures have got, it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they, it, like the, the, the reference got cut. Yeah. So all the, like, there was like, was it witch hunters? One of the guys is holding a fish. There's all sorts right, of fish. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe, yeah. maybe the shadow Lord led like an allergy. To fish. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the Dunkelmeister. Yeah. <laughs> the German translation. I, I, I mean, I would have loved that. I mean, Necromunda and Mordheim were my games. They were, they were yeah. the two that I loved. And I actually, I think Mordheim was the better of the two. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think it was the one that was the stronger game. I, I think, just it's gritty. It. It, was, it was. I mean, gritty. I love Necromunda, and more so with the, the way the tweaks yeah. are. But yeah, there's something about more time. Which... Well, I think Necromunda always had, and this is not the case with the current version, but it was always a little bit of a pastiche of the old west. It yeah, was that yeah, little yeah. bit cowboy sort of thing, yeah, a little yeah. frontier town. I think it still yeah. has that. Very... I think. Well, the, I, I know there was a definite move to remove that in the most recent. Not edition. with the Ash Oasis, no. I think it's probably. <laughs> Corner's been turned, but certainly yeah, with the one yeah. that I worked on at the start, yeah. it was like, no, we're making I, it much more. It's like of, cowboys meet Mad, mad yeah, Max, exactly. really. I suppose, yeah, which but, is fantastic. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, they've still got a scenario called Shootout, and you slowly walk and down. And I was going to say this because I saw, <laughs> yeah, because I saw your video about it, and you were talking about it. I was like, this is really interesting because that is, that is a thing that is taken. It's a complete Wild West trope. Yeah. And yet, the brief had been remove any Wild West elements and I can't remember if that was in the ones that I wrote did I just ignore the brief and put that back okay, in so whatever the case it's, it's that's a great classic scenario. Necromunda I mean yeah. I know we've got like four games planned on what we've done one but I yeah. do somewhere want to get the shootout scenario yeah. in there yeah. because it's so fun because you just tested to see who pulls out first yeah. mm -hmm. well I remember years ago this is back when I was working and also you'll play the game yeah. uh, <laughs> but years ago I was running well, a Necromunda that's campaign that's how he decides who goes first <laughs> I'm moving the biscuits away. <laughs> yep. I'm moving the... Um, <laughs> I think tattooing the inch marks on there was a li little bit weird, but, you know, whatever. Whatever works for you. Um, He's not that they've not committed to that. <laughs> so, yeah, I was running a Necromunda campaign many years ago, and I was... Uh, one of the things I wanted to do was, like, have... Um, one of the characters had got, like, an architect horde or whatever it was mm. that meant he got plasma guns really easily. I forget exactly yeah. how, it, how it worked out. And other, he was trying to sell them to other gangs. So I was like, okay, let's actually make this a thing. So I did a modification of the shootout scenario, which is the the, the deal. Yeah. And you had one person who's got the, got the weapon, one person's got the bag of money, and they've got to come into the middle, meet, spend the turn, and then go away. But the whole time you're making the shootout rolls to see yeah, if anyone yeah. gets twitchy. Yeah, and, like, oh, and what was great was genius. there was literally a game that we had where two gangs lined up and they moved in 
and they exchanged and they moved away. Not a single shot was fired, not a single attack was made. It was one of the most tense games I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, just because brilliant. of that, like, yeah. there's like there's the heavy with the heavy stubber who's like, you know, yeah. oh, he's, he's, he's nearly failed his role. He's, he's gonna gonna let rip. Because that's like that. Um when two gangs meet in a movie yeah, yeah, for the yeah. exchange need, yeah. And, yeah. and it's like usually they do the exchange and then someone gets a bit oh that, that would have be you seen so the movie much Free fun. Fire yeah fantastic yeah Free Fire is basically an hour that's, and a half macro under yeah, isn't it exactly <laughs> yeah it's great I'm working the on a game based on that in, in, a, in a warehouse oh sounds awesome it's two, about two gangs turned up it's meant to be like a weapons buy and yeah, it all yeah, goes yeah. goes and it's a fantastic because two guys have already inadvertently have had a beef with each other pre this happening and they don't both don't know they're going to be there yeah. for a moment. And it's like, like a little tiny, like one of them's like inside, it's like the night before one of them's got a bit too drunk and hit on his sister or something. It's yeah, minor and it's like that. So little thing. I, I think I'm going to, if you don't mind, yeah. steal that idea yeah. for a game, for Do our it. game. Yeah. Do it. Because our game, I'm trying to find like crappy names yeah. for it. Uh, but I was going to call it Spooks because you have ghosty guys. <laughs> Mine are called the Workshop Ghosts. So yeah. Why I call it that. <laughs> Who it's, knows? It's a yeah. weird name. Because uh, <laughs> I've got Vansai, he's got Dallas, yep. right? And it could be like an exchange of tech yes yeah, yeah be do good, it and that would be perfect what, what, it's a great film watch it, it oh yeah absolutely. absolutely it really is good and, yeah. but it's, they managed to draw out a fire a, a firefight for like an hour and a half yeah it's awesome. brilliant oh, it's very so cool. I know there's a reason for getting you on the show yeah, yeah. so there you go <laughs> um, well, I think a games where you know if you go all the games where no one dies sounds like a terrible thing but one of my favourite games rule systems was Stargrunt I never played it Stargrunt was really good and Stargrunt actually did the thing that actually can happen a lot of times in combat is in the end, someone just re- re- just retreats yeah. because the incoming firepower is so high they can't get their heads up. No one's actually died. Yeah, but it just literally it's... they just go. Do you know what? We're off yeah. because it's. And we, I played a game against. We were talking about my friend Jake Thornton. He introduced me to it. Well, it's funny enough. I bought the rule book to hit, bought it. Yeah, as like a little just. I was at a convention. I went, oh, I'll buy this. Um. And I lent it to him, and he come back and went. We've got to play this. It's extraordinarily yeah. good, and we played it, and no one, and no one died. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that interesting? I mean, I, th- I think it's always worth when you're looking at designing a game or you know working on a campaign or anything. Question your assumptions. Yeah. You know, in a war game, models need to die. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah, 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 still, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Did, did I answer the question in any, any way, I shape, or form? Yeah. I think what so. Was the question? Yeah. I, f- I and, forget. And, and the great thing is, I'm scrolling through the questions. Yeah. You like already answered a bunch See? of other people's, which is fantastic. Professional. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, when writing, developing games, how do you balance the storytelling with the practical elements to move a game forwards and keep the player engaged? Um, I just don't. You know, it's <laughs> too much hard work. Uh, no, okay. I, um, brilliant. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's um, a big part of it is like a big part of game design is taking out rather than putting in it's like it's like a bonsai tree right you, you, you it's all about trimming it down and keeping it as streamlined as possible while still maintaining the core of what makes the game the game mm. um and whether that's a brand new game you're doing or if it like when i was doing like, i did a lot of like, what i call games archaeology where i'd go here's warhammer quest how do i take the cool bits out of this and put it into a new game or titanicus yeah. whatever yeah, else yeah. and it's like boiling it down to what is what is the minimum experience that still feels like this game and once you kind of pull it all back to that, it becomes a lot easier to balance the different elements together. And a lot of the time you might find actually in, if you play the game like this, this bit that I thought was really important actually isn't, that can be cut away. Yeah. And the experience is still really interesting. At which point the answer is generally get rid of the stuff you don't need and focus on the stuff that's cool. Well, yeah. Jake Thornton was the first person I'd ever heard use the expression, and he had to explain it to me. He was the first person I'd ever heard use the expression "kill on your darlings." Yeah, absolutely. And he, was, and he explained yeah. it to me. That's a Jervis went, classic. He said that a lot. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it. 
And he said sometimes he says you write something that is the coolest thing you can think of, but when you put it into the game, it just feels a bit janky and out of place. Yeah. And he says, and you hate killing it because he said, you know, you know, it was one of them like take the afternoon off rules. You've thought <laughs> yeah. it up, and gone right. That's I, yeah. I won't get any better than that today. But then go back and go when you fit it in, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do a lot of like, yeah. rules reviews. People like people give me a rule set, and I'll go through it and give them feedback. And one of the most common things I'll say is if they're stuck on a game, what's your favourite element in this? take it out <laughs> because usually if it's a thing that you love yeah. you're biased you're not taking it out because yeah. it needs to go you're keeping yeah. it in because you want to keep it in yeah yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you've got to take a chainsaw to your darlings that is, that is yeah. it fantastic <laughs> no it's savage oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wanted in five countries <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, what's a uh, what's a breakdown of the process that you use to create new games Ooh. so let's so yeah. I mean let's say uh, Hellboy yeah you read loads of the comics. <laughs> read all the Hellboy. And yep. that informed... But, uh, uh, but yeah. But, uh, Go you... for it. Carry on. You're doing good. Okay. <laughs> so, so then, Pat, how, but, do you, how do you design the game? Yeah. No. So, so Hellboy, because we talked about yeah. it previously, is, is what I should have started with. And you started off by familiarising yourself with the law. Yeah. What were the next steps after that? So That's better. One of the it? things that... <laughs> well done. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've kind of worked on, and we and Sophie have worked on really hard at Cat is... We tried to codify it like a process for designing games because we do so much of it. It's like we wanted to have a system where we know what stage we're at in a project, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we kind of break it down into four-ish stages. We have like a research phase, which is like you say, you go and read all the comics, or like because a lot of what we do is IP based. It's just going like when I was doing Fallout, I'm going to sit and play a load of video games for a while. Oh no, worry is me. You know, going to sit yeah, and play yeah, Fallout, yeah, call yeah. it yeah. work. Um, and, but you're doing it you're taking notes you're going oh actually this this thing here would be a really cool mechanic yeah. this is a thing yeah. that comes up lots this needs to come into it you know so you um, have like the vats yeah stuff. yeah well, that, so we haven't put them because in factions you're playing as raiders generally. Ah, okay. so you don't have that so this is a big thing I was like yeah. oh we need to have special we need to not have vats so you killed that yeah. that's gone exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you have um, that research phase where you go through and figure out what the game's going to be and from there, I start like writing down ideas. And I get like what I call idea boards. It's usually like a little PowerPoint presentation. I'll have one, which is ideas for movement mechanics, ideas for shooting mechanics, whatever it might be. And it'll be a bunch of different mechanics. And from there, we make what's called a test build, which is like a, I think they call it a vertical slice in like video game design, which is like one playable round. Yeah. So I'm not worrying about all the big details, not worrying about like the different factions that are available, whatever it might be. So if it's like a miniatures game, I'm just going, well, how do I, in my turn, get from the start of the turn to the end of the turn. Mm. Um, so I'm going to move some models, going to do this, going to roll some dice. And again, and I'll be going, roll fours. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. The numbers don't matter. Um, and then once, and if it doesn't, if something doesn't work, I'll go back to those idea boards and go, actually switch in that mechanic instead. Sometimes I'll use a placeholder mechanic. So I'll go like, oh, there's going to be a system for, for causing injuries. For now, just assume the model takes an injury. You know, okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, what you want by the end of that is to be able to go, right, I'm going to play for 10 minutes and feel like I've played a bit of a game. Yeah. Then, once that's kind of okay, and if I'm working for a client, I'll get their approval on it at that point. Um, I'll then go to like the next one, which is mechanical draft, which is where we try to make a playable game from start to finish. Again, not worrying. So if I was doing Necromunda, I would just write, here's the rules for Eshers, here's the rules for Goliaths. Here's the rules for the weapons those models are carrying, five models aside, hmm. and we're going to do enough that we can play a game from start to finish. Very simple scenario, that's it. And then again, you test that and you iterate on that. And so it's like 
It's like baking a cake. You start, you, you, you start in the middle, you mix it a little bit, and you gradually incorporate more stuff as you go, yeah? Um, and, uh, and by the end of it, you get a lovely buttery mashed potato. And, uh, <laughs> and you're like, this was supposed to be a cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, and so you gradually, and then once that's all done, then I'll get onto the full draft, which is kind of where I write the manuscript of the rule book. So like I was saying earlier, games writing, game design and rules writing, two different things. Yeah. So once the mechanical like thing of the game is done, and in that I'll be writing like a rules document that's like bullet points and it's very shorthand but it's just codifying all the rules so that I, I keep track of them and then it's the how do I write the rule book which teaches someone how to play for example mm. and yeah. there's a good reference yeah. and so you gradually and at that point also I'm bringing in like extra factions or extra special, special rules that sort of thing so the trick is keep it very small and then gradually kind of bring in more stuff because yeah. I've seen so many new designers and the first thing they do is start thinking about oh what, what factions would there be Here, here's some special rules for that or I've, I've had pe- people uh, give me a book to look at that's never been play tested and they've already had it laid out and it's like oh wow bad news for you yeah, <laughs> you've yeah, wasted yeah. a lot of money on this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's super interesting mm. how are you for time by the way it's 12.37 I'm alright okay cool yeah wonderful uh, what are your hopes for the old world ooh interesting um, I'm curious about it I mean Warhammer is a game that I played a heck of a lot of mm. um, I think it it's going to find its niche I think because it is you know rank and flank games let's face it they are for the more experienced hobbyists these days I mean let, even just the act of having to paint an entire unit of figures when you know the back ranks are never going to get properly seen yeah you know um, I would like to see something which takes the best version of Warhammer and you can insert your, your, your best one here yeah. um, I think we went weird for a time we did the horde and we had to paint I remember yep. having to paint yep. units of 40 and 50 well it's it very much felt like a financially motivated rules yeah, change, yeah. right? But I miss the old days of like five dwarf slayers, Tw- ten yeah, dwarf yeah. warriors. The little little movement tray of yeah, ten yeah. or twenty. I mean, yeah. that was nice. Yeah. And also, I mean, considering I'm guessing a lot of it's going to be Forge World resins, I'm assuming. Ooh, so I'm assuming, okay, yeah. just because it's being done by that sort of part of the yeah. company, I don't want to be having to spend mm. 300 quid on, on, on each unit, you know? Yeah. So like, I'd like to see it where it's an accessible number of models. I'd like to see a, a, a good rule set before too much of the wacky stuff came in towards the end I think kind of so what was it was it 7th edition at the end yes I think so was the last one with like uh, Storm of Magic it It might have been 8th the big massive chunky rule book yeah yeah because I keep remembering that there was a movement to do 9th edition I think you're right yes yes so it must have been people made their own version yeah yes it was the 9th age wasn't it yeah the 9th age yeah yeah so I'd go back from Pre the massive one, I'd go to the one before that probably, which I yeah. think was seventh, which was the box set with the it's Battle for Skull Pass. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or was that? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Whatever yeah. the case, yeah. that sort of time period because I think that was when you it was it was about the game on the table. You weren't worrying so much about crazy random event tables and scenery that'll eat you and all this. Yeah, I think yeah. just go. Out. That's what people want. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think a lot when people think of Warhammer, a lot of what they think of is that time period and also like Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, where it was grim and dark and gribbly. Make it that. Yeah. That's what I'd say. No. Or Fully just put, back just put fish idea. in it, you know. And fish. Lots yeah. of fish. <laughs> Amazing. Wonderful. Okay. You got any more? Yeah, oh, there's so many. Wow. Um, <laughs> I've scrolled down to the bottom because I work. I went from top to bottom and yeah. then and then uh, now I'm going bottom Sorry, to top. Sorry, I'll not be able to answer them all. Just yeah. to, no, I, I, that, I think this might be the first time that I don't get through everything because there's loads of good questions. Do, do a couple more. Then, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, so, and then I'll, 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 I'll do one-word answers and then I'll do a few after that. I'll do charades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Especially well, great for our audio-only listeners. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dave 
Dave, uh, Dave Walker from uh, MS Paints the other week did some that were only one word answers and they weren't nice one words. <laughs> <laughs> that same person has asked that same question as well and I'm any, not going to read it. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, while working on Adeptus Titanicus, yes. was there ever any intention to broaden the range of Titans from those we currently have? Hmm. So, it was never an immediate plan, but it was always, it was designed so that it would be easy enough to do that so again because it's quite a modular game design titanicus the whole thing of it, of it was like this set of rules is how imperial titans work you've got like a little data card with like you push your reactor and that sort of thing yeah but hey if you lift that out here's some rules for how a gargant might work you know and we, I, i'm not saying i i definitely did or didn't but it would have been good of me if i'd maybe scribbled out some rules to how gargants might yeah, work yeah, or phantom yeah. titans or whatever else yeah, yeah so yeah it was definitely it was always done that it would be possible to do that. I mean, there was never an immediate plan to do it, mainly because of the limitations of budget and that sort of like logistics, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, similarly, like people always ask about, was there a plan to add infantry and tanks and things like? Well, again, it was designed. The knight rules are basically because knights work in a whole different way to titans, and that is basically that's the template for how non-titan units would work. Yeah. So it's all in there. It's yeah. just a case of yeah. If you want to make space marine, you've got to now create a whole load of new miniatures, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's not cheap. No. Uh, someone says, how close is Titanicus to Alan, I'm going to butcher his name, Bly? Alan Bly. Orig- Alan Bly's original plan and whether plans to release other races, which I guess is more Titans or whatever. Uh, yes. It's, I mean, um, I, I I was actually never aware that Alan had had plans for Titanicus. I'm, I'm sure he, he was a fantastic visionary. He had always ideas for everything. Um I know. So the, all the sort of the narrative background side of stuff was done by Andy Hall, who was the manager, and he worked with Alan quite closely. So I imagine anything that was Alan's vision would have come through Andy into it. But I didn't have any direct contact with that yeah. on that specific thing, unfortunately. Cool. Um, another question that I, I guess would be like, can you show me the official email that says, okay, Codex Creep is a thing? Um, <laughs> no. So there is always unconfirmed rumors of Codex Creep. Is making yeah. the units more powerful something that, like, do they do it on purpose to drive sales, etc., etc.? Et so, like pointed the, yeah. So I don't, I don't think they do it on purpose. I think they probably they they don't avoid it on purpose. You know, like, yeah. oh, oh no, is it a bit too powerful? Oh well, we'll sell more books. You know, yeah. Um, the only example I have of it ever directly happening to me was when I read the Eldar Codex for seventh edition, mm. which is when there was a big push. It was the Age of Sigmar years when there was a big push towards being narrative in things. And so we wanted to make all the weapons and special rules a little bit wacky and really reflect the background. And so Eldar D cannons, like D weapons, yeah. uh, were made strength D, which was the old version of like super duper mega, you know. Um, but uh, when that got sent up the chain to be looked at by various higher ups, um, the feedback came down of, well, you've increased the points. Don't don't increase points on an updated book because it means people need less models. I was like, okay, well, we'll bring the strengths of those weapons down. Don't do that. Just leave them, leave the points that they are and, and, and put the changes in. It's like, but that's, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not game balance. <laughs> and, and on that day, I, my eyes were opened. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. learned some things. That's yeah. really interesting. Um, any recommendations reading watching learning if i want to understand rules design you've already said play lots conveniently of if you go to nudicatgames.com you can buy hey. videos of my game design seminars awesome. fantastic yeah. so there we go brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Do, you, do you want a discount code i'll do oh, one that's right yeah what, when, when's this going out is it going out soon uh, next monday won't it, it no, will be after. yeah not be, like not in the next like half an hour oh no it'll be like perfect what should the discount code be 
Oh, excuse my burps. <laughs> there we go. No. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm can, just... it be, can it be Peachy's tattooed measurements? <laughs> can we no, call it demanding no. pussy? No. no. What? <laughs> Need a cat. Need a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think of an appropriate. <laughs> Please yeah. ignore. Yeah, don't trust us to call with it. We'll I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do. Uh, so if it's going out next Monday, so we're into February now, aren't we? If I say until the end of March. Hmm. Yeah, half price on oh, games like courses. There's a whole There's like there's a bunch of different ones on. There's like a six week course I did on game design. There's one on designing dungeon crawlers. One on miniatures games. Wow, on fantastic! So there you go. You I don't care. Why not? Oh, yeah. that's very good. Thanks, that's James. amazing. Um, lots of there. Quite quite a few of the questions are um, sort of related. to Lots of ones about place testing, which I think yeah. we've covered, and and all that sort of thing. Let's have um, one last amazing question. Oh god! It, and then loads of little ones. <laughs> talk, talk amongst yourselves. I need to find the last Sorry. amazing question. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll make the, the discount code for painting phase. There you go. Painting phase. Nice. One word. Nice, nice, and, nice and straightforward. Yeah, we'll nice and, and straightforward. The, the secret one will be uh, <laughs> Peach's extendable tape measure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And that, yes. And that, and that gets you seventy five percent off. <laughs> <laughs> and a number of very weird emails. <laughs> a subscription uh, uh. to my special mailing list. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, <laughs> lovely seeing you by the way it's, no, it's been a while we used to work together for a we time did. in the studio didn't we yeah, so. I'd, I'd always come in my, my, my favourite times were when because we used to play test um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say so we used to have to use the, the new miniatures to play test with. we didn't have to in hindsight but the problem is we were being told make sure the rules reflect the models so yeah, if yeah. you have the actual model there the problem is the only versions of those models that existed were the pre-print Resin. pre-production resin yeah. 3D printed yeah, yeah, yeah. super duper fragile like you look at them funny and they just fall yeah, apart yeah. I now this will surprise me I'm not a delicate man <laughs> no me neither on several occasions <laughs> I'll be like Peachy I did a thing <laughs> you necron you know the necron yeah, uh, like don't get I me did started it again. <laughs> I did it again. But apparently I was better than the ones who would do it and then just put them back in the camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we at least to, I came to you. You, you. you were always honest, which is what we... And, <laughs> and even I used to, we used to rip him to pieces a bit. Chris Merrick was a photographer. He always used to come alone <laughs> up when he broke stuff. But it was when those that didn't, that what was my bugbear yeah. was. I didn't mind them being broken because it's yeah. natural. They, they, they're resin that yeah. they're going to fall apart. If you don't tell us, those bits eventually... They scatter. ...move apart from each other. And what <laughs> becomes a two-second fix became... Like a four-hour job because you have to repaint entire sections. And I imagine the longer they're sitting on a base and that just jostling around, the more paint chips off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so what so. I learned basically is if you like, if one in ten you tell him, he, he thinks you're great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was me all along. Did I ever tell you about the? Um, I don't know if you were there. We had a, a new photographer called Mark. I'm not going to give his name. If, if he ever watches, he'll be like, oh Beep. no. And it, we got resin custodies. Yep. So I don't know if you're there for the custodies. No. Or not. Uh, so we had all resin custodies. Steve and Tom had finished the army. And Mark um, had gone off to do some photography. Yeah. He was still quite new. And there's a lot of double doors at oh Games no. Workshop. And there was oh always like no. this weird sort of... Sorry, I'm moving away. There's always this weird sort of like etiquette of the doors. Mm. And you know what? People always feel like super polite and they'll have to open yeah. the door and this, that, and Some people open the door into you. Some people open the door. <laughs> I think you told me this. Story. Oh, God. Anyway, he decided he's going to hold this arm in one hand, get the door, <laughs> but someone comes through, knocks it, it smashes everywhere, right? Yep. He tediously wanders back, you know, like very meekly like I've just dropped the custodian's arm and he picks up this box with just bits in it no, Steve and Tom are a bit like yeah the hell and Steve doesn't mince his words I think there's yeah. a lot of F words got thrown out <laughs> we're like we'll fix it we'll get it sorted they fixed it it didn't take very long so they found a couple of bits that were scattered still in the uh, yeah. what, the bridge of Kazadumi used to call it it was like <laughs> yeah, a bridge yeah, yeah. from yeah. one side of the business to the next and um, so they got it fixed and we're like Mark it's all fixed just be careful it was like yep yeah. 
went to the straight, same door, smashed it again against the door. Oh. Twice. At, at that point, you leap out a window, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, I did it with the Silver Tower miniatures. I just, I just remember this. I had, it was when I was doing, I'd, I'd done Silver Tower, and the whole way through testing, it, I'd been using proxy models. I'd had, you know, random yeah, yeah. mobs. And, and for the one where I was showing it, uh, Alan Merritt, head of IP, I was going through and I'd been given the fresh, new, just arrived miniatures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sat down to show it, and I just dropped them off the table, dropped the entire tray. <laughs> oh, no. And I was already a little bit nervous, you know, because I showed this brand new thing. And... So, <laughs> you know, you came back to you after, I was like, you know how are you doing? <laughs> the, so. the, the amazement that I realised hasn't been picked up on is that, that the RAF haven't bought into the stealth technology that Games Workshop has developed that as soon as a part leaves the table, <laughs> oh, yeah. it instantly yeah. disappears. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I've instantly. worked out now what it is. Yeah. So it is about bounce. Mm. And I, I remember having my teeth done once with a dentist yeah. and she dropped a tool. Um, she obviously wasn't going to use it and she was going to put it away, but she couldn't find it. And I was like, don't worry, I think it fell down there because you dropped it there. Yeah. But the way that my plastic sprues move, it's probably going to be over there. <laughs> yeah. and, she, and no word of a lie, it was there. Physically. <laughs> I literally... I literally Putting things together, yeah. it goes out your hand, and then and you gone. know, I got to a point now after 20 years, it gets to a point I just go and I'm clip another one off. Yeah, it's just well, like, yeah. I don't even gonna go workshop with buggers because yeah. their carpets were pretty because it was like a blue gray carpet, yeah, yeah. oh, perfect, that matched, sprue. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this was brought up, they had a, they had a manager's meeting, national yeah. meeting, and the head of estates was there. Any questions? So I was like, why, why are the carpets the same color as sprues? And he was like, Oh my god! And they darkened the tiles after that. <laughs> <laughs> it never brilliant. occurred to them. <laughs> have, have you got the best question ever? Well, I was reading through them, and and um, as much as it would make one Patreon supporter <laughs> feel great for having the best question ever, everyone else might feel really bad. So yeah. everyone's just equally as bad now. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, there we go then. But well, I think yeah. you covered a lot of the. I think we've, 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 yeah. we've had a good yeah. chat. A good yeah. chat. Yeah. yeah, and I'll probably if if, if anyone has any more questions. Pop them in the comments. I might come back and, and yeah, answer them. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really nice. I'm really on nice. the internet a lot. Tweet at me. Tweet, tweet. tweet yeah, yeah, you're, you're on the Twitterverse. I'm Are on you the on Twitter. the Instagramverse as well? Uh, barely. Okay. Ne- Needy Cat Games. All one word is on there. I don't really use it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but well, if you go on Twitter, it's James underscore M underscore Hewitt. Because if you don't have the M in James M Hewitt, I'm everyone thinks you're Prince Harry's dad. That's the one. <laughs> when I was first at school, he was that. he was an awesome like tank commander in the Gulf War. It was great. <laughs> Then I turned 11 and things went weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. called The Major. I love that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so James underscore M underscore Hewitt on Twitter. Um, yeah. We'll stick, yeah. we'll stick, we'll stick your links in, in, yeah, the, in the And thank you for the, uh, the discount code as well. Yeah, yeah, no worries. The painting phase, needycatgames.com. I won't do that. I'll be painting phase. 50% off any of the things till the end of March. Yeah, there you go. Come and learn things. Thank you, thank you for coming knowledge. along. I feel like your insight has been uh, has been awesome. Yeah, yeah I you. feel like I've learned that 40k is never going to be great because it's just a vessel <laughs> to sell <laughs> miniatures. And you've also given us a great idea for another game for when me and Jeff play. Good, yeah, uh, good. Which is going to be awesome. I'm going to find yeah. out writing that in. Yeah, and I will get you some factions bit sorted out Fallout. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. I, mean, I, I have no power. I'm a freelancer. So I, I don't know what I can do. But I will... You can ask. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean... Yeah, have a look at them, check them out, play some games. We're absolutely yeah, happy to paint cool. stuff like that. So, yeah, so yeah. thank you very much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, check out Discord. Yeah, Discord. And if you're a Patreon, Patreon. You, get to ask, yes. <gasps> you get to ask other future guests. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and shall I mention it now? Further down the line, our next guest will be. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Rob Science from Honest Wargamer. The man himself. Coming soon. Coming in your ears soon, maybe. <laughs> Depends if you're watching this on the podcast or not. <laughs> watching, listening. <laughs> I that just, went well. I just, <laughs> <laughs>
and, 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 is, and, is, and is usually becoming an alarming amount of frequency i end the podcast someone says something stupid and then i go right and on that note bye bye, bye. 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 bye.